0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode five, right, Harith? Yep, episode five. Episode five of the They Fly Now show podcast. And this week, we will be talking about the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. We thank you all for joining. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Cartoon d 2 along with Harith. And we have some awesome guests today, so let's just get right into it. Um... I'm just going to ask you guys, who are you, and um, where can we find you, and what got you guys into Star Wars? So let's start with Zelly.
1: Okay, starting off. um, Hi, guys. I'm Zell, or probably better known on YouTube as Gazelle. Uh, You can find me on YouTube with that, or I also stream on Twitch under Zell, X-E-L-L-L-E. So those are the main things. Um, And then what got me into Star Wars is a little bit interesting I obviously grew up with, like, the prequels. Those were my era movies. Um, Saw those originally in theaters. Honestly, didn't think much of them in, like, a grand scope. I'm just like, ooh, visually, very cool on the screen. And then I probably saw the original trilogy movies on TV passing by. Again, not really giving much notice. But uh, probably two years now, 2019, my friend uh, in mod. Son of sons, he's like, You need to do reaction to Clone Wars. I love this show, I freaking love Star Wars. Can you just do it? I'm like, Reaction videos, what's that? So, anyways, <laughs> I started watching the Clone Wars and doing recording myself watching them. Like, this is weird, but as I was watching more and it was kind of like homework, I got more mm-hmm. and more into it. I'm like, Oh, okay, this show is actually good, especially someone who doesn't really like animated shows. Um, so yeah, I just kept watching Clone Wars every day, and then I got really into the characters i'm like okay star wars has a lot more depth to it than just some laser swords on a screen right Mm -hmm. then i went and watched rebels and then basically i was trying to watch chronological and that was my journey is trying to watch star wars as chronological as i could um all through that and the movies and all that um and yeah that's how i got into star wars it's 2019 started watching all the stuff i have a few few books deep now i've watched all the shows and the movies and uh done some of my own lore digging so i'm pretty deep into it now
0: (laughs) and now we're here
1: yes and now we're here
0: that's yeah that's awesome um and luke well actually before we move on so you kind of have like a more like soon like you're not uh like you didn't really grow up with them you just kind of just started being a new fan which is probably different than most of us on the panel which is awesome and Luke, um, who are you? Um, how'd you get into Star Wars? Uh,
2: hi, guys. I am Luke from the Potter Ones podcast. Uh, I got into Star Wars. My first ever interaction with Star Wars actually was seeing The Phantom Menace in theaters. Uh, I always uh, thank my mom when it comes to this. So if you're watching, hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> but she was a big driving force into Star Wars. Um, so we had... So we went and saw the Phantom Menace, and then I was hooked. So just watching the pod races, watching the the Duel of Fates with with Qui Gon, uh, Obi Wan, and Maul really got my my uh, my juices flowing. And so my mom was like, "Okay, so we're gonna go watch the originals." I'm like, "What? There's more of these? I this is amazing!" <laughs> and I just I just fell more and more in love with it. So and I've always been a real big fan especially of the character that we're going to talk about today but and i've like i'm the opposite of zell i've seen pretty much everything so i'm really excited to like pick her brain and see what what a different perspective i just love having good star wars conversations so this is exciting
0: absolutely and yeah absolutely and eggy hi
3: guys hi and you guys can hear me right we can hear you. everything good yes okay okay nope. sorry i hit mute on you guys for a second and then i couldn't get you back so <laughs> i just signed <laughs> off and signed back on so i'm just not going to touch anything um, <laughs> um uh so yeah so okay so star wars so um i have this long-running joke that there are three things that i love unconditionally in my life and one is my parents one is my brother and the other is star wars um i have no memory of first loving it i just always loved it um i just grew up my brother and i would be one of my earliest memories is us lying on our living room carpet on a saturday morning watching empire strikes back eating cereal like just like <laughs> being you know 4 years old so i love this series um grew up i always say like people always ask me like oh what's your favorite trilogy or whatever. And I'm like, I can't pick one. (laughs) I can't. Um, It's impossible because they're all so different and they represent different times in my life to me. Um, The original trilogy was my childhood. The prequels were my early adolescence and the sequels were my early adulthood. They're very different. Um, They represent very different points in my life and I just love them all so much. Um, So... Uh, and I'm mostly on TikTok, just doing Star Wars stuff. Uh, love it. I'm a big fan of a lot of things, but it's always mostly going to be Star Wars on my page. And I love Anakin, and I think he's uh, a complicated character. And I think that the fandom that surrounds him is very complicated. Um, but that doesn't make me love him any less. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to talk about him today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. And Harry, do you just want to... I know we've said it a lot of weeks, every week, if you want to just briefly like plug where How you got into Star Wars?
4: Uh, yeah. yeah. So same way as like, well, basically I got introduced when I was about five. Uh, I got introduced with like the 2004, 2006 DVDs of the original trilogy. My father was a huge Star Wars fan, basically plucked me through the TV. But when I was like five, I was like, yeah, you're going to watch this. And I'm like, okay. So I grew up with the first six movies and I fell in love with it. Kind of fell out of the, out of it when I was like in my young older teen years, and then came back to for the sequel trilogy. So, so a little bit of both. So I, I grew up with it, and then I kind of fell out, and then I came back.
0: Yeah, that's also a lot of where I am, and obviously I'm on TikTok, Cartoon too. Um, yeah, same here. I grew up with it. Dad showed me them when I was a really young kid. Then kind of fell off for a few years, and then saw Force Awakens in theaters and then it was like a non-stop uh grind ever since so yeah um here you want to go over for people in the chat
4: uh yeah we could i'll, I'll drop people in the chat we got x rando kenobi gwga ace bronx johnski uh neppy I, I always mess up the, uh, the son of sons and kieran
0: Son of Sons, you said, um, Zell, is your mod, right?
1: Yes, and the cause, the reason for me to get into Star Wars, so... That's
0: awesome. Big shout out to Son of Sons. He's the
1: chosen one in that regard.
0: Good job. <laughs> he is the chosen one. And that is a good bridge into what we're talking about today, which is the chosen one, Anakin Skywalker. And how we're going to do it for our viewers is we are... Just going to go movie by movie um, and talk about kind of main events and what, what, what's happened with Anakin and what's, what's kind of going on inside his head. So let's start Phantom Menace. So obviously during the Phantom Menace, Anakin's life on Tatooine was, was pretty rough. And how do you th- just – let's just jump right into it. How do you guys think that his life on Tatooine kind of affected him going forward? And, like, what events and, like, what do you think carried over for the rest of his life that kind of traumatized, if that makes sense, that traumatized him on Tatooine? And let's mix up the order. Let's just start with Luke first. Okay. So, I, when we first got, well, when I first
2: saw the notes, I was like, I was thinking about some of these questions and I was like, the one biggest thing, uh, and this is throughout his entire life, is that he grew up as a slave and he never thought, especially from a very young age, he didn't think that he would ever get out of being a slave. Right. Mm -hmm. So fast forward from no, hold on. We'll wait on that one. So basically the one thing that is off always a constant for Anakin Skywalker as his psyche is that he, he knows he's special but he doesn't know how to like control it and really control his emotions. So when the Jedi pick him up, especially Qui Gon, they look and they they don't they see like the hesitance of like we know he's special, but there's something off about him. And I think him holding on to his emotions his entire life is something that really is interesting because he's my favorite character because he is flawed. He is the most flawed character in all of star wars history in my opinion and it's very compelling because not everybody is perfect or you have a you have an expectation that you're supposed to meet and then we don't meet it you know so i mean that's something i would say
0: all right and eggy same question to you how do you think life on tatooine
3: um so it's yeah and luke brought up also by the way hi Luke and and you go by uh L or
1: Zell, Zell. Zell. Yeah, okay I yeah. thought I heard
3: I was like it's not L it's something else Zell. 2 d 2 it's so nice to meet you guys Gareth yep. is so finally nice to see your face <laughs> <laughs> uh this is great um okay so oh god okay so Phantom Menace it's you know and Luke brought this up and it's and it's a complicated sort of part of Anakin's the way he's portrayed on screen and the way his his childhood was but you know Anakin was a slave and I think that a lot of times people kind of in a way kind of weirdly sort of forget that aspect of his life because (laughs) to George George Lucas um do I think he had the best insight on what a slave's life (laughs) was or how (laughs) slavery sort of operates like do i think he was the best person to to kind of translate that for the screen um no i don't think so but you know because to george like i i had a very i was re-watching you know the phantom menace a while back and i had a very interesting kind of thought where i was like the way george sort of perceives slavery in the galaxy is very um sanitized it's very it it seems closer to serfdom than it does to actual slavery you know like there are like children playing and like and Anakin I always joke how like when Padme and Qui-Gon walk into uh, the shop Anakin's just sort of like drawing like glass like he's a grizzled bartender (laughs) like he's like hey like um and it's not that he and shmi are happy or that you know but there 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 isn't really anything particularly that's that seems to be particularly harrowing about their life on tatooine now do i do i wish that george luke went all in and portrayed Anakin and Shmi's life and slave life in general on Tatooine as a harrowing horrible experience You know, no <laughs> absolutely not but I do think that because of his sort of sanitized kind of approach to it um, a lot of people sometimes forget that that Anakin was a slave and in a kind of a weird way. It seems more like an inconvenience than anything else. Like it, it almost kind of seems like he's stuck in this small town. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna move to the big city one day, kind of energy. But um, which is why in later on in the in, uh, Feloni's Clone Wars, where they go to the slave planet and Anakin is so angry, it kind of hits so he's yeah. so mad. It it hits a little different, like and Ahsoka's like, Whoa, like what's going on? And Obi Wan's like, Oh. You didn't tell you okay, <laughs> don't bring it up ever. Yeah. like ever. <laughs> like you know um, I actually kind of liked that approach to his sort of feelings on on the slave trade is this very angry approach. and, and it's like but um but regardless, you know, as sanitized or as kind of PG as as sort of his the portrayal of slavery on tatooine is it affects him. It is a stripping of his identity um, he, and then it's, it's very interesting how he basically goes from one sort of position where he has no identity to kind of going into this other organization, the Jedi, where arguably his, he doesn't really have an identity there either. Like he, he's part of a collective and it's much healthier and it's much more supportive, but, um, you know, I can you can sort of see his struggle for his identity sort of carry through in the later movies and that's kind of the starting point for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh Zelly. Or Zellie. Sorry, yeah. No, it, Zell. Yeah. No, you're it's
1: fine. This is my fault. Um there are people who me <laughs> Zelly too. So um, and a good reminder when you mentioned the fantasy Menace, uh to the severity of the slavery Um, I recently rewatched too. And they said, oh yeah, we have a chip somewhere in us that if we try to escape, we'll explode, right? Okay. So that kind of shows the intensity. Like that was like just snuck in there. So it kind of shows the intensity of like, they are like, they are slaves. Literally, they will die if they try to run away. So
2: it's,
1: yeah, pretty, pretty (laughs) intense there. Um, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a really dark, seed they planted in the rest of this movie that's kind of whimsy and more lighthearted but um but yeah on to like i think uh, clearly obviously the slavery is a big part of his childhood but it's kind of the beginning seeding of his hatred like anger is in there but like he is hating everybody that he interacts with basically it's just his mom and his friends that kind of tease him you know it's in a kid way but they don't understand his obsession with the pot with the pods and stuff um, and it's hard to probably have, like, a relationship, um, a normal relationship. I mean, Anakin, as we see, is a very emotional person. And when he's young and as a slave, he can't really express himself fully. And then, like you said later in The Jedi, also another holding in your emotions. You can't really mm-hmm. do that. So someone that's very, a very... Lots of emotions in him holding and bottling that up it just doesn't obviously end well for him so the beginning of the hatred in his childhood and life on tatooine is not a good start for an emotional person such as him so yeah
0: yeah yeah, definitely i I think one one thing to note is right whenever he leaves tatooine the first thing he feels is cold he's right when they get on the ship he's cold and he's he's just kind of there He's lonely and cold, and it's just not it. And then again, going into the Jedi who are super strict on emotions is definitely not the right combo. No, Her, Her.
4: yeah, that's definitely not the right combination. So, I feel like that's a good transition into how does the initial counseling rejection of him play into his like a kind of eventual like status in Phantomist and maybe even his
0: fall? Sorry, Mike. Video camera just went out. <laughs> oh, you're good. Yeah, so um, let's start with who did we start with last time. Luke. Me, Luke. Let's start with um, Zell.
1: Okay. How um, was initial counsel rejecting Anakin? Um, you know, again, maybe this first kind of you know Anakin finally kind of got a taste of some choice in his life. Right, slavery. You have no choice except this pod thing was, like, his fun outlet. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of accepting his freedom, but, again, your freedom to a point, you have to join the Jedi Council in a way, right? Or the Jedi, sorry, Order. So he's like, okay, cool, I want to be a Jedi Master. And so the initial rejection doesn't feel good because he's like, wait, I thought I got all my choices, finally. like. And so, again, an emotional, frustrated, and angry... Teenager, essentially, is being told, sorry, you don't get everything that you want. And that's kind of hard for somebody, except he thought maybe this life of freedom means you get kind of everything that you want. Because he doesn't really know the real world too much. He knows a very limited slavery life and then Jedi Order life, which is, again, in some ways, you could have interpreted it to be slavery in its own sense. It's a cult mindset and that sort of thing, identity. So, yeah, that is a big kick in the gut for him to not trust the council because that almost feels like a lie to him because he feels like these promises that were made even though they didn't in particular say that was possible in his in his mind that was a lie the first lie they may have told him so that is a big part of him not trusting the council and the order
0: yeah 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 definitely um let's go eggy
3: Okay, yeah. The initial like rejection, uh, Zell's totally right. It's it's. I always get so bad. <laughs> like, they're so mean. I'm like, eight. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I get it. I get. It. And it's like I have a lot of friends that are uh, like big Jedi defenders, and I totally understand. Like, I I get it. It's an organization. This isn't body coddling. I get it. But it. I always feel that little tinge of frustration every time they're like. Yeah, whatever. Like they're just so like dismissive of him and he's just he's just this little kid um and I just get so like oh you guys are such jerks. Like god, why? Um but I definitely think that instilled in him that rejection and that like sort of dismissal kind of really in in sort of instilled in him that, uh, this sense of I'm going to prove you wrong. Like Anakin Skywalker is the biggest showboat ever. He's I'm the best <laughs> pilot, I'm the best Jedi, I'm the be- like he is very very adamant about you know, you know, really, really communicating how good he is at everything because he actually is good at stuff. Like he's actually fantastic <laughs> at everything. But it's he's it's a very important to him that you know how good he is at this. Um, and I can you can definitely see those seeds being planted in in his mind during that initial rejection of him just being like they're like well he's too old and he can't do it and blah blah blah. And again, like. Okay, <laughs> like sure, sure, sure. <laughs> like, okay, well, check in with me in ten years, and we'll see who's laughing. And uh, and you can kind of see that resentment in the Jedi too. They, they, they. There's a lot of members of the Jedi Council that we see who are kind of resentful that he is as good as he is, um, and <laughs> yes. that's on them, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Luke.
2: So this is the beginning domino of him not trusting the Jedi like Zelly was saying and Eggy was also saying. This is basically when he's taking the test they're they're doing the guess what this is a ship and he's getting them all right. And you can kind of tell when Mace looks at Yoda and he they're kind of surprised about it. Because They don't think he, they they don't, they're like, there's no way this kid's the Chosen One. There's no way. It's just a prophecy. Like, there's no way. And ultimately, in the end, he does prove them wrong. But in the time, they, they're like, just like Eggie was saying, they were trying, they were very skeptical. The prophecies never really come true in the Jedi Order. Like, there's a whole bunch of them. Who knows if they're all going to come true but i mean that's the first seedling that really pops in anakin's head like these people they they don't trust me they don't they don't understand me because we have to remember the jedi t- took young like when they were first born so they never had the connection of having family and that's something that anakin has and it's really vital to his character that he will do anything for any any of his friends or any of his family. That's that's kind of like the Skywalker DNA. Like you are a Skywalker if you have friends or family and you try to do everything you can for them. So, I mean, it's more or less just like the beginning of the misunderstanding of Anakin Skywalker between the Jedi Council, really.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of a good segue talking about family into what we want to talk about next which is i mean this question has been asked probably so, hundreds of times everywhere but it's it's really important and that's why we kind of left it in was at the end of the phantom menace when qui-gon dies anakin's kind of um father figure or that the father figure he wouldn't have had dies and what you how, how do you guys think that would have played out differently because it In my opinion, it definitely would have played out a lot differently if Qui-Gon died. So, um, Eggie, right? Yeah, we're on Eggie now, to start off.
3: Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, I mean, we've all seen the Filoni interview, right? Yes. Where, or the round table, where they're talking about Mm -hmm. the battle for the soul of Anakin Skywalker, and it's, oh, it's so cool. Um, Oh, absolutely. Qui-Gon is, is tied with Lucas, my favorite Jedi. I love I love Qui-Gon so much. Um, and if he had survived, it, Anakin would have had a completely different trajectory. He would have had a completely different fate. Um, and Obi-Wan is an amazing Jedi. I, I love Obi-Wan so, so much. But... And and I, always, and I always feel bad kind of saying that because it it I don't want to imply that because Obi-Wan trained him, Anakin fell to the dark side. It's like, no, at the end of the day, this is Anakin's choices. He and we and we can point to all different all these other different kind of outside forces and effects that they had on his life, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. It was his his choices that led to this that's what i said as someone who loves the baddies and loves the villains like i i always feel the need to sort of make sure people know that i know <laughs> that yeah. yes yeah. this is their decision um yeah so uh i think that if qui-gon had lived it definitely would have changed uh, i think qui-gon would have picked up on the warning signs a little bit faster um And while Obi-Wan is more of a brother to Anakin, I feel like Qui-Gon would have really been able, would have been able to really deliver on that fatherly um, guidance and sternness, like kind of really shutting down or kind of finding a solution to Anakin's more troubling behaviors.
0: Yeah, Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I I definitely think Qui Gon would have handled it a lot better. And, um, uh, Luke, what do you.
2: So, I. Here's the thing. If Qui Gon survives, Obi, it will. Are we saying that Obi Wan has to die then? No. No. Okay. So they all survive. Okay. So then. Yeah. So then you have a little bit more help with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan because now Obi-Wan can kind of be that older brother that we actually see in the prequel trilogy, or well, more or less the third episode in particular. Like he can kind of guide him a little bit where Qui-Gon would be, just like Eggie was saying, he would have caught on to the, the subtle things like his anger, his, his hate, and just all of that earlier. And the thing is, you have to remember, Obi-Wan was thrown into the situation, you know? He wasn't prepared for this, Um, and I think Obi-Wan did the best he could in that situation. I mean, Qui-Gon was, in Legends, he had an apprentice already, so he was on his second one. So that Anakin would have been his third apprentice. So... Um he had some knowledge and we have to remember, which is funny because Yoda trained Dooku, Dooku trained Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon trained Obi Wan and Obi Wan trained Anakin. So it's it all is a trickle down effect from what Yoda missed and what everybody else looks at. So I mean it would have changed the outcome just like Dave said. Um but who knows? Yeah. And
1: Um, yeah, so. Uh, I'm a little bit I this is obviously, like you said, been something that comes up a lot and. I go back and forth in this, but right now I'm kind of and I kind of always am on the side of like, I don't think it would change. ultimately. in the end and maybe too much. Um. Because, yeah, I obviously I'm really defensive of Obi-Wan. Um, I know mo- no one's like against him. But I think we're giving too much credit to Anakin can't make his own choice. I, I still feel like he's so much caught in his emotions. A while Qui-Gon is very wise, we have to remember Darth Sidious is very, very powerful. And he's been manipulating this whole time. Yoda, Mace Windu, obviously their downside was being very traditional and stuck in that mindset of the council and this is what traditions are and Qui-Gon is kind of a more free thinker. But I would have ha- I would have liked to believe that there were other Jedi around that were also a little bit more in that spectrum. Um, so I feel like even though Qui-Gon could be a little bit more of a wise and a strong father figure, that ultimately Darth Sidious manipulation would still be so powerful that he would get to the root of what Anakin is, which is caring too much and giving up everything to, to do what he thinks is going to protect the ones he loves, and that would be his downfall. So I, I, I am on the ladder where I don't think that it would change the outcome of the whole saga. It may delay it a little bit, but it wouldn't change it.
0: That's interesting. That's kind to of me. My, that's, that's kind of my that's kind of how I think
1: it too. Um, I don't know,
4: Harith. What do you, what do you think? Uh for me, I'm kind of camped that I think. It, it would definitely I think Qui-Gon would have like adjusted. Like in a Master and Apprentice they talk about how like uh Qui Gon got assigned to Obi Wan because Obi Wan was also a little bit rebellious in that his nature, like at first when he was a youngling and a Padawan. So they assigned Qui-Gon as like the rogue to like throw off Obi Wan to kinda like put him more towards the council like lining because they need Obi Wan kinda needed that at that time. So I think Qui Gon and Anakin would be the, a really good pairing because Anakin's very similar in that nature of like I think Qui-Gon would push him more towards being more like towards the council more towards the books so I think that would happen I think he'd kind of be more like real Aval- Ross, like in Master of I think he'd be like I think he'd be kind of like I think he'd be in the council for a couple years he'd be Jedi I think he'd go get all the way to night and then kind of leave the order I think I think his love with Padme would just kind of push him out the door and I think he would just leave because he's like he goes the Jedi life is not for me I think I think Qui-Gon would push him towards that path, I think, because, yes, Obi-Wan as a teen kind of helped, like, push him towards the the path of choosing the Jedi Order over your, your love life, but I think Qui-Gon would be more of, like, what do you want type of thing. So, I think Anakin would just up and leave the Order. I don't know if Palpatine could still get to him by that point, but I'm more in the camp of Qui-Gon would help adjust that.
0: Yeah. And I'm kind of with um, Zell... Which I guess would be the unpopular opinion here, because <laughs> I feel like the force gets what the force wants, and if the if Anakin was that chosen one, I I, I think despite what happens to Qui Gon, it's kind of gonna happen no matter what, and there's nothing you can really do it, do about it because if no one was powerful enough in the force, like in the whole, if no one's that powerful in the whole galaxy, then I feel like it's 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 still gonna gonna happen. Yeah. I and mean, obviously, that's it's a what if. So that's why it's... Come well, on, different. Disney.
2: Make a Star Wars what if already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on. Give us what we want.
3: You yeah. beat me to the joke. I was like, <laughs> oh,
0: What if? Hey. Hey. Uh. Um, real quick, shout out Brian with the beard in the chat. It's What's going on, Brian? Brian's the man. And... <laughs> Someone else I missed. Oh, Low Shadow. Hey, um, thank you so much for joining. So, moving on. We see, I mean, there's there's some comics in between, which I don't know if any of you guys read the Anakin Obi-Wan comic run? Yes. Yeah, You have? Mm-hmm. Um, Eggie, you have also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there... I, I haven't. Harith, have you? I've... I haven't read it either, but I know some stuff of it. So... Is there anything, because I've not read it, and spoilers if you haven't, um, is there anything that happens in there that's kind of dramatic, just to kind of fill that gap before we move full on into Attack of the Clones? Eggie, do you want to go?
3: Um, You can go first.
2: Uh, okay. So <laughs> there is there is quite a bit. I mean, there's not, there's not a ton, but the arc is Anakin and Obi-Wan going after a distress signal, of course they do that more than once in every with those two they always go after some distress um they go to a planet where they have no like the the, the inhabitants have no idea who the jedi are oh like the it's kind of like a romeo juliet but like the, the there's no love interest there's two two factions that are fighting each other and at this point anakin's Probably this is probably like five years after Phantom Menace, I think, right, Eggy? Yeah. Around that, um, uh, so Anakin is—he's kind of hitting that spot where he is debating leading the or- leaving the order at such a young age, which is interesting because it's like we think we see Anakin in all of the movies and we just think, oh no, he didn't—he didn't struggle. There's no way, but he did. He struggled a ton. There's. There's a uh, – I I don't know how to explain comics very well, but there's a picture where he is actually taking on a hologram of Darth Maul. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: And he is able to defeat him, but also gets – another hologram comes in from behind and and knocks him over, and he just gets frustrated, kind of like Luke does in uh, Empire Strikes Back. But, I mean – and then you also see Palpatine – kind of doing his little thing as well. Aggie, if you want to talk about that.
3: Yeah, it, it the reason I wanted you to go first, Luke, is because I read it a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I can't but yeah, hearing you go go back in on it. Yeah, I'm remembering a lot of other stuff now. There's it's really, really interesting seeing Anakin's self-awareness. Um, it's he's not I, I sometimes think people kind of lump Anakin into like <laughs> like kind of like this dumb guy or something. Like I don't know, like or he's only driven by his emotions and he just can't think or anything. And it's like yeah. no, like Anakin is a deeply intelligent person, and he's a very, even though he allows his emotions to get the, to get to get the better of him, it you know I, I actually think he's kind of emotionally, he shows these these like sparks of deep emotional intelligence, and that's definitely happens in this comic where he looks at Obi Wan, he's just like, I like I don't know if this is the right place for me, and I don't think that I can be what they want me to be and I I think I should just go now you know like which is also intense for a what how old is he 12 years old like he's a kid yeah and you definitely see the foundation of Palpatine's grooming um and just that slow poisoning I I always say that Anakin Anakin Skywalker is a good man but he has a poisoned heart like it's he there's there's just this 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 oh god this chasm he can't bridge and, and palpatine definitely feeds into that and instills in him that sense of you know god he's such a he's such an asshole he's, so, he's just like he's yes. like oh my boy and i need your like i mean i know this is this is revenge of the sith but he's like i need your help son i'm like fuck you i right? you <laughs> your bad shit <laughs> like you yeah. know he wants a dad and he just feeds yeah. into it and just i'm so proud of you and you know and like oh you have so much promise like oh god it's just such coded nonsense bullshit bullshit, <laughs>
2: bullshit. Yeah. And
3: we're talking about palpatine so i've started swearing so you know we're, we're getting to the the heavy stuff when i start swearing
2: <laughs> yeah
3: but it's a no. it's oh I like almost knocked myself over here. But it's a it's a okay. wonderful comic and it's um and it's short.
2: It so it is very I short.
3: Recommend everybody pick it up. I got it like super cheap off of yeah. like you know thriftbooks.com. So yeah. yeah, it's a it's a wonderful comic. It has weirdly mixed reviews online, but I'm like plebs, it's good.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> it. And the best part about it is the it it, it which is funny because it's palpatine. The palpatine stuff is so interesting because not to take it back to Phantom Menace but the real manipulation starts when he says we will watch your we will watch your uh, exports with great interest mm-hmm. boom there's the one there's the scene there's the scene mm-hmm. yeah. so he in the comet he, he he takes Anakin down to the slums of Coruscant where all of like the grimy like think of 1313 the video game that was never released which should have been that's the place he took him he took him to a bar, what? all places <laughs> to show him that, there are, that not all people are, are good. That's, that was yeah. the point of the lesson. He sat him down and said, this is, th- these are the people that we represent. These are the people that, that are in the Republic, and, and this is the lower. This is what you don't see every day. Wow. He straight up like, so cool. took him to like
3: a low-income area. Oh, yeah, People <laughs> are desperate and have to. Yes to survive he's like they're just like really horrible people it's like you're the worst person ever yeah 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 thanks, yeah, yeah,
0: thanks pal hood, <laughs> <out of the laughs> hood.
2: Oh, it really shows yeah it really it really shows like the manipulation and like him really being the master manipulator that we ultimately see him being and like eggy said it's it's so hard because it's like anakin just wants to do everything right and Palpatine just plays on it. So, I mean, I would highly—if you're an Anakin Skywalker fan, if you like Obi Wan, it's also really good build building relationship for Obi Wan and Anakin as a, as as a as a tandem as the duo.
0: So, I would highly recommend it as well.
4: Yeah. So, I think that's wow. a good transition
0: point. I know. Well, yeah, and that wasn't—we weren't even going to talk about that comic, but I'm really happy I brought it up because. That's that's great. I might need to go read that. And yeah. Yeah.
4: Harris? Uh yeah, I feel like uh that I'm definitely gonna go out and read it when I get a chance. Uh I think that's a good transition point into Attack of Clones in general. And I think uh I gotta yes. ask uh how sorry, can me cut you off?
0: No no you no, you go. Yes.
4: You got it. So we see in Attack of Clones like how Palpatine kinda Manipulates the council into parrying Anakin and to go up on this mission with Padme and and like and like the whole events of him seeing his mother dying and and him pushing Padme all the way to Tatooine and going on this vengeful quest just to find his mother dead in the, uh, the little Tusken Raider hunt. So I gotta ask, how did Smee's death affect Anakin mentally? Uh, we'll start with Zell because <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> going on that entire discussion
2: yeah sorry Zel. yeah
1: <laughs> oh no it's okay uh my dog was telling me she had to pee so i was telling um my husband but so you're this is the Shmee question yes okay um yeah well i would say this is probably anakin's probably second death that mattered him but his first that really dug him because obviously the first one's qui-gon and while they didn't have the foundation that his mom did, this was somebody's like, oh, my first kind of father figure or somebody, a older, respectable man that appreciates me and wants to take care of me and takes me away from this life. Um, so that's kind of the first one, but obviously his mom like the one that was always there for him, the one that he felt he kind of left behind. He's like, Oh, I'll, will I see you again? And, you know, not really knowing for sure. Uh, yeah. We obviously saw how that affected him mentally um, due to his other actions later. It kind of just festers in more of that anger and the hatred, and especially being his mom back to the roots of that hatred. In that slave life right like and then he takes it off to the first thing that you know is connected to that death like he just acts he just that's his first time i think he like fully acted out in this anger now that he has all this knowledge and this lessons and um i think i'm getting off track but yeah you're no, good you're good yeah so it's just it's just yeah having the first really impactful outside of Qui-Gon that just sends him down. I mean, we obviously see in reality how um, losing somebody, loss affects people and they go through these steps. So he hit that stage of like shock and then like, like sadness and then like anger. I don't remember the order, but I think anger is relatively early on in mornings like last. So He acted when he was angry because now he's like, well, now I can do something about it. I'm not a slave anymore. I have these abilities and these people are clearly not peaceful and we're the peacekeepers. So off with all of their heads, um, no matter who they are. And again, in a revengeful way of taking not just the ones who killed her, but the ones that they care about too. just get rid of them all because they're all going to spawn into these people that are killing good things. So... Yeah, it didn't affect him great.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys all seen Suicide Squad? Because what's the one quote that Peacekeeper... I was just...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did the second one, but... I saw the. It, I think it was in the trailer, so you guys can say it, right? What is it, Eggy?
0: Do, you, he do you says, know the exact quote.
3: I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill, as long as peace is like a, is like kept for peace. Like I was just thinking. That.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I heard that quote, I thought of Anakin. Like, yep, yeah. Like I thought, I'm like, that sounds like Anakin. Yep, that sounds like Anakin. for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah, um, Luke.
2: Um, so this is the biggest domino or not, not the biggest domino. It's,
0: it's up there. It,
2: it goes, it, it like, like Zell was saying, it goes Qui-Gon, Shmi. I, I, I'd almost say Shmi is above Qui-Gon for sure, because of the obviously it's his mother. And it's just am- amazingly how I, it, I, in my own head canon, I feel like, Palpatine had something to do with it and just like feeding him the the visions and like you know like it would be the ultimate manipulation to have his mother killed would we put it past Palpatine to do that? I don't think so that's just my headcanon that probably didn't happen so let's not worry about it but like and it just shows you how much of his emotions how he feel how he feeds into his emotions especially through his visions and that's what ultimately starts him down the path that he goes on is that he cares. Like I said earlier, that he cares so much about his family and his friends. And that's ultimately his downfall. Um, I mean, the fact that we can hear Qui-Gon say Anakin, no, as a force ghost, Mm -hmm. um, when Yoda's meditating is very much, and you would have to think that Qui-Gon wouldn't, wouldn't enjoy that at all um but i mean it's mentally it's it strains with him for the rest of his life that was his first great failure in his mind that he couldn't save his mother he wasn't there in time he promised her that he would come back he never could and that's one of the resentments of the jedi order that he has he wanted to he thought i'm gonna become a jedi knight and free all the slaves nope buddy that's that's not how it's not how it works and again it's very much real world we want to be able to do so much but there's limitations and there's rules we can't just do whatever we want when we hit a a a a point you know what i mean and him feeding in and like zelly said that is the first step of him feeding into his emotions and and him thinking oh i don't have any repercussions nobody's gonna know about this like and then he comes back with a dead body, and you start to see, like the weird, like you you can see it click. That's Vader, when he gets when he gets angry, and he's like, I, I like he feel he says that I have no remorse. I killed the women, I killed the children too. Like and and he said I slaughtered them like animals, cause they are animals. I hate them. And then he also, before even before that, he blames Obi-Wan. Because, and I mean, in in Attack of the Clones, that relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan is very strange and very not what... And I'll talk about this later. That relationship in A New Hope, on screen in Attack of the Clones, wasn't even close to what Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan was talking about Anakin. Not even close. So, like, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch wrapping into that, that, I mean, when he's on Tatooine, that's really the nail in the coffin of where I don't ever want to come back here again. This is where everything wrong has happened. I'm not coming back here again. Yeah.
4: I feel mean, like yeah. it, it hit the, kind of the nail on the
0: head on that. Uh, oh, and some somehow Padme finds that attractive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give me the just emo like the boy right and, now. She's <laughs> like the men and the women. <laughs> and the children. I'm in, it. Like, I'm in it. She's like, all right, I see you. I uh, see you. Now let's go get married. Uh, <laughs> So. and Eggy, Eggie uh, you and yeah,
3: I yeah I mean yeah Zell and Luke really hit it on the head here it's like the other aspect too about this is that this also feeds into the fear he has about losing Padme this is the big thing because like if this had never happened and he started having dreams about Padme dying in childbirth he probably would have just been like man eh, they're just dreams like he wouldn't have had the aggressive reaction he has to them like if he had these dreams about Padme, he'd be like, okay, let's go to the doctor. I don't know. Like, he probably would have just been like, <laughs> bad dreams. It's fine. But because of the death of his mother, because he lost his mother, completely different ballgame now. Now it's all about Anakin's greatest flaw is that he just wants to save everyone that he loves. And it's like, you can't, man. And um, that's that. that's the big kind of his his aggressive sort of reaction to his dreams about Padme is the big repercussion that comes from the death of his mother. Um, it's also interesting that like there there's an aspect to Anakin's downfall that they started exploring, and then kind of dropped. Which is in in Attack of the Clones, and also in the Gendi Tadakowski Clone Wars series, there is this element of xenophobia with Anakin. Like you, you—he has a very kind of, and you really see it in a in a specific short where he's wandering around uh, the cor- one of the lower levels of Coruscant, and um, I forget what episode it is. They were all five minutes long, um, mm-hmm. but he's observing all of these different creatures, and he's having a very mm, suspicious and negative reaction to how all these different aliens look. And you kind of, it, that can be read as being fed into sort of his reaction to the Tuscan Raiders and how these savage, quotation, savage, you know, oh, these beastly people and they're not like me. And then as time went on and Filoni started doing clone, the, his Clone Wars series, that was kind of dropped. They don't really, I, I feel like, yeah, that element was pretty much dropped from his character which I'm not mad about. I, I just think it's an interesting kind of thing to point out. They they started planting these kind of xenophobic sort of seeds with Anakin, and then they kind of dropped it along the way, um, which I think overall was probably, I mean, now that I think about it, was probably better because it's not like, you know, I, I sometimes, I think for, I I think that throwing that element in would have kind of taken away from the complexity of his fall if he was just like they're different and like you know i think that it would have i think that his fear of just losing the people that he loves and kind of keeping it strictly in that lane was probably better because i think and i think one of the reasons why filoni dropped it was because the clone wars takes place over so many planets and he meets so many different types of people and communicates with so many different types of people they're like we can't do this like they're sus like thing with him like (laughs) they live in this galaxy you know and he's a jedi you see there's all types of jedi like you know some kind of i guess overall now that i think about it i'm happy they kind of dropped that element but it's just an interesting element that they tried with him um that's totally veering off course i apologize but uh yeah but i yeah yeah
1: i mean that would make sense because i mean I don't know who his original masters were, but he had aliens kind of Mm. be his controllers, right? And obviously his nemesis on the pod racing was an alien and it was a Hut owned planet. So a lot of aliens, and he sees those as the enemy. And then it was just humans that came to see him, like an angel, right? And all these were humans that came. So he's like, oh, these are the Jedi. So, and I'm glad, I I agree with you. I think it was good that they, Later on down the road, because yes, he goes to many planets and sees that oh, this isn't just aliens; this is just that planet and that lifestyle, and other planets don't have slavery and stuff. So I think it was good that they didn't focus on that. But it is a note, a good note you mentioned about that. That didn't think about it would make sense for him because that's his very small mindset. That's his whole life, and what he is accounting for that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that also plays into again, Palpatine. He. When the Clone Wars is happening, what are most of the uh separatists? They're aliens, yeah. So, yeah. like, that is also a thing, like,
0: very, very few humans. George, oh, George,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> too much of that one thing that happened in the 40s. You hit it too much on the head, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's uh, you can't talk about Anakin Skywalker without talking about Palpatine. He's going to get brought up because he is a major focal point. Major mm-hmm. focal point. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right.
1: I want to make a quick note, it's kind of off topic, but one thing I appreciate about, I think it was Mando season two, about humanizing the Tusken Raiders. Yes. I, yeah. I thought that was very brilliant of them to do, and I appreciate that they took the time to do that. And then it just kind of compounds how... It kind of makes a little hits a little differently what anakin did like uh, clearly these are just people you don't understand and these are sentient yeah. beings that have a just life live, and have a yeah. culture so i really like that they did that and it kind of impacts again that was a big deal what anakin did they you know you can only come across so much in a movie which is why i'm loving these series you can really kind of hash out things a lot more so i'm glad that they're going forward with that but it, I, that's why the clone wars is so good. It expands Anakin's personality and I think changes people's vision of him when you watch that show.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I couldn't agree a, more. Yeah. That's a really good thing to bring up because, like, yeah, like it, it's kind of off topic, but not really. And Mando, yeah, you're right. We see these Tusken Raiders and they are not, I mean, yeah, they're a little bit weird and because just because they're Tusken Raiders, but they're, they're not that bad. And then for him, yeah, you, you hit, well, yeah, like, you hit the Well, like, I'll just talk head. to them. Like, what is <laughs> yeah, wrong I'll with yes. people? Like, bye! <laughs>
5: like,
3: do you know the road? Like, and I'm just like, this is brilliant. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. hmm It's like the only time we've seen them not in a negative manner. Connotation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
2: No, that is a good point. That's a really good point. Absolutely. I never thought about it that Because it's probably
1: way. focused more from Anakin's perspective in the movie, you know, whereas Mandalorian, he's like... And this is how I perceive them. They're just people that speak a different language, and we're coming on their territory. Like you said, let's just talk to them, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Pretty much.
1: Like, put your and gun it, away. It, Calm down. Like, what is? <laughs> He's
3: like, they're gonna kill me. It's like, cause you take your gun out, you idiot. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, how many people have went up to Tuscan Raider and not had their gun out?
3: Yeah.
0: Like every single person like these poor these poor guys like <laughs> yeah. they hate it they're just like mm-hmm. yeah just eat <laughs>
4: um hair yeah i kind of agree with that like i never thought about that way of like the because like yeah i never thought about like how mandalorian season 2 kind of does humanize the tuscan raiders it kind of makes anakin's actions and attack the clones like way worse because now you're seeing this other side of them and you're like ooh, anakin really took it that far like like it was already horrible when he did an attack of the clones it's now it's just like it makes it even worse it's just it takes it to that extra level where you're just like ah yeah
0: mm-hmm. now you still can't just push the fact away that they tortured and killed his mom no but it definitely humanizes him a little bit <laughs> oh yeah
5: yeah
1: but it could be interesting what you said before in your head canon. maybe that was a manipulation by a palpatine is, was that a new random thing they did, or was it just another like, let's just take this random person? You know, like it really could be Being, a,
2: being a piece on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. He's playing he's, chess. He's we're playing checkers while he's playing chess. <laughs> yeah.
0: We need, we need some. We need some answers. We need answers. Yeah. We need answers because. No, I love the mystery.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs> So so can't have it both ways, can we, Eggie?
0: Yeah, those are all amazing points well, by everyone. Harris? I, uh,
4: yeah, I think that's amazing. Like right, I cut you off. No, you're good. No, I feel like that's an amazing points by Attack of the Clones, so I feel like that's a good segue to get into the Clone Wars since we kind of really did talk about Anakin and Padme a little bit with the Tusking Raiders. So, yeah, we know they end up having a secret marriage, so I feel like that's a good segue into the, the beginning of the Clone Wars, and I have to ask, how did you guys think of how the events of the Clone Wars brought Anakin and Obi-Wan closer together. Because, like Luke mentioned, in Attack of the Clones, their relationships really strained at that point. They're very disagreeable. They're like very... I don't know, It's like, Obi-Wan's kind of trying to like act like the father, but it's not really working. So, I kind of want to open up the floor uh, to Luke, since he brought that point up originally. So, Luke, what are your thoughts on the events of the Clone Wars bringing Obi-Wan and Anakin closer?
2: So... This is my take that the star that that the Clone Wars as a, a as a entire show saves saves the prequel single handedly, because like I will go back and and there are people in some of the TikTok uh, community that throw this at at people like well. Like, uh, if you're gonna get technical, then the, because there was a conversation where I was like, if you don't pay attention, look at the k- relationship in the prequels. It is nothing like what Alec Guinness's Obi wan portrays Anakin as, not even close. So, like to see that Anakin and Obi wan have a big have, have a back and forth, can jab at each other, but can also joke. They care. There's a lot of emotion. There's there's you can actually see the friendship and the brothership and like the familyness, come together you can see that especially with when sit when he when anakin and uh, obi-wan are protecting Satine, in the mandalore arc he <laughs> he he goes all right master uh now go now go save your girlfriend and obi-wan goes she's not my all right <laughs> but like to see and it and it really humanizes uh, uh obi-wan to anakin because it's like oh so you you had a uh boo thing on the side that you could have left the Jedi Order for, her, and you didn't. If you so, had just said, it, the it,
0: yeah, yeah. said the word, yeah, yeah, the word, yeah, should
2: just said would've... the word, but so I mean, that really humanizes it. So, like, you can see the relationship really come together that you couldn't see in the prequels because it's you go from you go from uh Phantom Menace them learning about each other, Obi Wan being resentful because he's got to take on an, on Anakin because he's got to do what. Qui-Gon asked him to, to attack of the clones where they're at each other's throats and then Revenge of the Sith where they're all buddy-buddy but you don't get to see that development and that's what the Clone Wars gives you. And that's why I think that Clone Wars really did a good job for the saga as a whole and especially the prequel trilogy. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: I I would definitely have to agree with you that the Clone Wars kind of saved the, the prequels, especially in the sense that there is. There's a huge gap between Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, We're like, why, why they have so much tension here and not there. And um, let's go to Eggie. Sure, of course. It's
3: Yeah, I mean, Luke is right. It's, it's the greatest gift that the Clone Wars gave us was time. we have time now time to explore these relationships time to you know you know see them grow see them develop it it reminds me of kind of this aspect that like my husband always says this and i agree with and i I have to say i pretty much agree with him the idea of star wars trilogies needs to be
2: left behind
3: um, <laughs> three movies isn't enough time it, it couldn't worked, agree more yeah it it worked really well for the original trilogy the, the way the trilogy was structured it really worked for the prequels and it doesn't really work for the sequels um at least in the the jump between the last jedi and the Skywalker, me i'm like man we sure do need one more movie you know and i think that goes for the sequels that goes for the prequels as well um and not even four movies you could do like five six seven i'm mean, cares like but mm-hmm. the concept of trilogies needs to be kind of left behind um i hope going forward they kind of sort of decide to sort of sort of put the caputs on that um but yeah the clone wars gave us time it gave us time to see the these characters in many different situations it gave us time to see the relationships with each other the relationships with other people um Ahsoka being added to the group is perfection because we get this point of view character. We grow up with her. So many fans grew up physically with Ahsoka Tano. So you get that element thrown in. And and yeah, like, I mean, you just get more scenarios, more adventures, their relationships with the clones, everything. So by the time we get to the Revenge of the Sith opening... You believe it. You believe their camaraderie. You believe their banter, and it, and, and you believe that betrayal. So, yeah, it's it's it did everything. <laughs> it really, really was the set the just the just the best thing ever. Yeah, for the for the prequel trilogy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure.
4: If I have to agree with that. Uh, Zell, uh, what are your thoughts on them bringing it close together?
1: Yeah, so I mean, as they said, time time helps everything. Again, these are strangers to each other. And Anakin, who is a very strong-willed person, now has to listen to another person that's new and he's probably a little bit thrown into this, as we saw. So they're both just getting an understanding of the relationship. This is a master and student. This is kind this is friends. This is how is how are we gonna interact with each other? What's the rules of um master and apprentice and they just they're they kind of figure out their footing you know you know at first it's jabbing like you know maybe he's being bratty because he doesn't want to listen to rules and obi-wan's like you should always listen because you know he's fairly young for being a master as well again thrown into this so we get the time as expected and as i would glad that they did this reality of relationship and it's interesting how they kind of show the difference between Attack of the Clones and um, Revenge of the Sith, and the Clone Wars obviously filled that gap. Um, we just saw the natural growth, and they're like, okay, we're figuring each other out. We realized we can get away with some sass and some comments, and we can read each other's bio, like you know, lang um, body language, and and comedic energy. So, and it works for them. Like, I think it's um, Obi Wan kind of at least towards the end of the book, I think, Master Apprentice, he starts out really strict and then he gets a little bit more sassy in the end. And so I think he kind of doesn't know how to be, but now he's like, Oh, I can be myself. I can relax. And then Anakin can relax and they can just enjoy each other. So um, that definitely just brought them together basically his time, which is natural. And so I think it was just a natural way to tell the story and, and, you know, I, I, I don't think there's much more beyond that. Obviously, they're going through hardship together, but I think they just kind of rely on each other, and it does seem to more of a camaraderie ship versus that strictly master and apprentice. He he's learns from his wisdom, obviously, but I think Obi-Wan takes from Anakin's knowledge, too, and his, his uh, unique perspective to things. Even though he pushes back a little bit, it kind of gives Obi-Wan growth. For sure. And, it, and then I think along with Ahsoka, they kind of keep Anakin in check a little bit. So it really plays off each other in that way.
0: Yeah, Ahsoka is a huge, I mean, I think it's a huge part to kind of his betrayal. And that's a good segue we're going to talk about next, which is how did Ahsoka, this Padawan that Anakin didn't really even know he he was going to have. Affect him, and how how do you guys think it she um, affected his turn to the dark side? Um, let's go to Luke first, right? I think that's where we're at. I think Eggy's first. Eggy. Oh, Eggy. Go me? for it.
3: Okay. Oh wow. I mean, I, the the greatest tragedy of Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship is that we got to see Anakin be a dad, and. Or, like, I I know, like, kind of the energy is also very much so older brother and teacher, of course. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, every time I see Anakin, like, teaching Ahsoka or, like, you know, showing her, you know, and and being this sort of family-like presence in her life, it always rings as dad. And it's just this forever tragedy where I'm like, he would have been a great dad. Like, he would have loved Luke (laughs) and Leia and been such Mm -hmm. a wonderful father and... And you kind of get and you even get it with um Ahsoka's relationship with Padme. Like cause they like like you know, they they love each other. Like Padme and Ahsoka are like super affectionate with each other, like love each other. There's also the aspect that that Ahsoka's like, I know, like, I know, I know <laughs> like what's going on with you and Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you sort of get these like glimpses of the sort of family unit and and What could have been, and um, and that's always the most tragic sort of element to to Anakin's uh, to Anakin's relationship with her, at least to me. When she leaves, that's also just this gut punch because, and it also makes it like puts more responsibility. I I guess like the responsibility was always there, but it contextualizes the responsibility that's really in Anakin's hands, because Anakin could have walked away, like. And I think sometimes before the Clone Wars came out, the concept of Anakin walking away from the Order, like, yeah, it was there, but it doesn't really hit you until you physically see another character we know and love walk away from the Jedi Order. It kind of makes it realer. And you're like, you could have left. Like, you could have gone, man. And it's... And there's... you know, But he doesn't, because Anakin wants to have his cake and eat it too. Anakin... Like I have a lot of theories about why Anakin doesn't walk away and sort of the real reason that he and Pan may get married, which we'll probably cover later. But it's um but watching Ahsoka leave puts more response contextualizes the responsibility that he has and just is she does everything he couldn't he couldn't bring himself to do. And it's 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 just absolutely tragic, but it's great. It hurts so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we love this thing that just kills us inside. I, yeah. <laughs> um. Let's go, Luke. Next. Um. So,
2: I keep bringing up Dominoes, but this is the next biggest one for him. Is Ahsoka leaving? Uh like we said in the beginning of the clone wars he didn't expect to be a master but when he did do it and like AK was saying he would have been a great dad the way he handles things with ahsoka especially in the first season like teaching her things and kind of building her kind of personality a little bit like 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 zelly was saying earlier obi-wan and ahsoka keep him grounded but like he teaches Ahsoka to be more like him, and it's really you can see that in a lot of, a lot of different arcs, especially when the Wookie, when she gets uh, captured from the Trandoshans, mm-hmm. she uses skills that Anakin has taught her and the obscure ways that he has taught her to survive. Um, but when she leaves, that's another mistrust because the Council did not trust ahsoka enough to a to a bring her back into the order when she had the opportunity to which is huge for her character because it's like if i come back it's gonna be a mixed view of did i really do it did i not do it are they gonna really trust me whereas anakin is in that stuck position where there's nowhere i can go they're gonna either trust me or they're not gonna trust me so seeing her leave kind of gives him regret of like, like Iggy was saying, I. it's kind of like when he watches her walk away, he's like, I wanna do that too. And, but he knows that there's so much responsibility that he has, especially in the Clone Wars and being the chosen one, which he is the chosen one for people saying that he isn't, he is, um, it just, it puts a whole lot on him. And that just puts another domino effect falling of this is why I can't trust the council. And also another one is Obi-Wan doing the bounty hunter arc. They didn't include Anakin on the, on the joke or not the joke, the the plan. And that also strains on the relationship between him and the council as well. So it's just a whole lot of building for that character. And it, it's it's huge for his character to have not have Ahsoka there, and then when she shows back up in the Siege of Mandalore, you see him so happy. You can see that joy of like she's back, like she's gonna be back. And the other uh, the other arc that wasn't even aired was the Udo arc where Obi-Wan and Anakin are are literally sitting in the middle of Utapau and they are talking about how, and it's foreshadowing, and I wish they would have kept it in here. He says, how would you feel if I became a disappointment? And Obi-Wan goes, uh, I, it'll never happen. And what happens? He, he It happens. So it's just missed opportunities, but like being able to see that concept and see how much, again, he is the most caring, using his emotions. It all comes back to that. And that that's the one of the last dominoes to fall that really gets it turning into what we're going to be talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like how you brought up the Trandoshan arc and how Ahsoka kind of is using the skills that Anakin's taught her to show that Anakin is a pretty good master to Ahsoka. And he has these humanizing traits to him that you don't kind of see in a lot of other things. It's like that whole time. Um, The other two, not to get kind of sidetracked, but um, the other, I forget their names. The other two, People who are captured they just kind of just want to sit there and hide out and ahsoka's really using those skills that anakin taught her no we're gonna go if we die trying then we're gonna then we're gonna die trying but we're gonna we're gonna keep <clears throat> keep moving forward
4: yeah i feel like sure. that's a good uh segue to zell uh what are your thoughts on ahsoka's friendship with anakin and how that kind of affected him
1: yeah uh everyone touched on good points about it uh obviously this was something that somebody that anakin cared about and we know how deeply he cares about people once he um gets to know them and trust them and especially ahsoka was kind of like a mini mini anakin in some ways like you can see they were playing off the comedy and she was rebelling doing a lot of things that anakin did and again like you guys said taking the tools he taught her that was different than everyone else to survive, to think outside the box. That kind of really did her justice. Um, so he felt a very bond kinship with her and like familial bond, obviously. Um, I always saw as an older brother, uh there were elements when he was more kind of mature and had this like fear of like her like dying or something that you saw like dad mode come out, like very protective. Um, but, like, otherwise, a, a lot of it was the older brother, like, like learning, like, like let's do these things together sort of thing. Um, so just another person that Anakin deeply cares about, you know, he's already lost his mom, um, but he deeply cares about, like, Padme, deeply cares about Ahsoka, and, you know, cares about Obi-Wan, obviously. But, obviously, it's not only caring about her, but a reflection of himself, seeing this person, being hurt by the Jedi Council, and then choosing to leave or being forced to leave, essentially, um, that felt like a personal attack, and not only a, an attack on her and caring about her, but a personal attack, since the teachings were his teachings and a reflection of him and who he was. Uh, so that affected him. Again, another punch in the gut against the Council, and, and again, a little against Obi-Wan, too, because he probably felt Obi-Wan could do more. And even though you know Plo Koon and Obi-Wan they kind of voted in regards to Ahsoka, he feels like, but you're in the council, you should just be able to do it, right? And so it's a big disappointment that something that reflected him was denied yet again by the council. And and I think he didn't leave because he had so much tied in the Jedi already. Everything he knew, all of his power at this point was from the Jedi. He's like, I must grow stronger. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if he had already had the conversation with Palpatine already. Was that in the third movie or the second one? With a uh, conversation about, like, oh, you won't learn it from the dark side. Oh, that's the that's third
0: one. Okay. Third one. That's, yeah, that's yep. uh, yeah.
1: Well, getting yeah, ahead of myself, about. but. Yeah, You're so it's essentially just more n- distrust of the Jedi Order, of the Jedi Council in particular. And again, even against Obi-Wan, because even though ultimately Obi-Wan didn't have the power, because what they say, like Yoda, Mace Windu, and, you know, more hands, um, he... Anakin would just expect, you know, he has unrealistic expectations sometimes. So he just... Everything, like everything that he trusts and cares about, is gone now. And the things left behind are he doesn't trust as much. And that's just the beginning of like the steps going down that hill that leads into the revenge of the Sith.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, that hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, and that's probably a good bridge. And if if anyone has anything else to say about Clone Wars, um speak now or forever hold your peace (laughs) and all right let's go to revenge Um, of the sith oh
1: i might say one thing (laughs) because we i don't want to discredit padme because especially clone wars and obviously attack of the clones they had a very unhealthy relationship at times i would feel like kind of toxic at least his his expectation of what a relationship is and how much control he can have over somebody because he's ultra protective um Yes. That obviously caring so much about her and look good for her for standing up for herself and being like, nay, nay, I will do what I want. I'm strong enough. He still constantly was like, mm, like he wants to control because he's scared and maybe a little bit of control freak in general. So their relationship was a little bit on the edge of a little obsessive, not super healthy in some ways. And that was not also great for his personality and... Are we, it, what's gonna come for him, basically, an unhealthy relationship.
2: No, that's a good point. Just look at Clovis. What happens with Clovis? He he <laughs> damn near beats the guy to death because he, and it's not just once; it's almost twice. He does it in season two, and then he does it in season six. And and you're right; it's very unhealthy, but for some reason they make it work and it it really does they they really did a good job clone wars wise with padme
0: and i you're absolutely right yeah you really see how strong willed padme is throughout the entire clone wars yep yeah and it's some she's very much like leia i mean he has gone
1: oh yeah exactly which were her mom um and obviously it's not all Anakin Padme sticks through it with him killing whole slaughtering people being obsessive. Like I said, almost meeting his <laughs> ex-boyfriend, like she sticks with them. She's like, I love you. I'll forgive you. And like, I guess I feel like she should be a little bit more like maybe we should separate or maybe you should think about things which wouldn't go over well with Anakin. But that's the issue is he has unhealthy expectations and, and probably did not help his growth and how to deal with emotions that she just kind of like kept sticking with him no matter what he did and so he didn't feel a sense of loss in that way outside of her physically dying yeah no 100
0: yeah and i think that's a great bridge as she was saying in revenge of the sith let's jump right into revenge of the sith so all these things have happened and then this is just kind of where the pimple popped or where the last domino kind of fell over was yes. was was this movie there's so much to um, talk about here but i, I think first what cuz spoiler alert he, he's darth vader if anyone um, <laughs> hasn't if anyone has uh, I mean, figured that out yet
2: if you didn't see my shirt like right there there's a the, indication there's if you have never Sorry. seen
0: star wars
2: we can't put a spoiler alert on my shirt, sorry. <laughs>
0: yes, so spoiler, Anakin turns to Darth Vader. So to to just kind of I guess kind of enter the the turning anim- Anakin to Vader, wh- what factor now this obviously is going to most likely be different from each of you guys. Which factor do you guys think was the the most um had the most effect on Anakin and who or what was to kind of blame for his fall to the dark side. I think who are we on <laughs> first?
4: Last I think we did Eggie, um, if I remember
0: correctly. Eggie, were you first last time? Let's go Luke. I think Luke hasn't gone first in a while. So Luke, what factor was you,
2: you can't just him. say one factor it's multiple factors
0: uh, of course you know I had to say if, if you I had, had to say... choose if
2: I had to choose one it would be his ability his his ability to care too much and to to want to save everyone when in reality the Jedi way is to not have attachments we're supposed to not be able to like the force is a living thing. Like people are meant to live and die. And he doesn't have that concept. He tries to save his mom. It fails. He tries to save Padme at the end. He ultimately decides to completely say, screw it and and try to get the power that Palpatine is, is trying to give to him. And it's because he cares too much about the people he loves. He has those attachments. That's that. That would be probably the one that does the most, and everybody wants to blame the Jedi, and they're a little bit to blame. There, it's not just Anakin. It's a two way street here, folks. It's it's not just Anakin as as the character. It is also the Jedi Order is flawed, and they don't realize it. Which is funny because in the High Republic, it's completely opposite. So I. I'm just saying, Anakin would have been a great Jedi in the in the the uh, High Republic. Let me just say that now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xelly,
1: I mean, you kind of ended. Obviously, there's a lot of factors at play, but like you said, I was a big proponent originally and still am of the Jedi Order, but the modern Jedi Order this very stuck in this tradition long-term being very firm is a big, basically being so emotional and then having to forcefully bottle it in, you're like brooding. That's like brooding emotion. And it comes out one day in a big explosion, AKA Vader or kill slaughtering dozens of people. Right? So if that was a major factor, honestly being part of this modern day Jedi order is the the big factor like obviously Sidious is still there manipulating even if he didn't join he'll have that issue but if he had teachings from somebody and he was able to express himself and deal with it healthily like i think i saw a comic they're joking like Anakin go to therapy like if he had a healthy way to deal with emotions that'd Mm -hmm. be fine because i'm a sensitive emotional person and you just learn to cope and adjust but being forced to be like no you got to turn them off that doesn't mean it's not happening He just is, he can't show it until he shows it later on. And like I said, in a big explosive way. Um, So yeah, honestly, being a part of this Jedi order and a good point you mentioned, like maybe he would have succeeded in the High Republic era and it would have been, he would have had more fluid, acceptable teachers and understanding that emotions are completely natural and to let them come out, but then just don't let them control you. That was the thing, this era was that, they didn't even let you seemingly express them as much. They were a little bit more strict. They they understood people would feel despair or that you would mourn, but it was like you had a shorter time to feel that. Whereas this one where he needed that time to fully experience it, maybe he just needed alone time and to mourn and have that time. But so yeah, that's what I would say is this current era of the Jedi Council.
0: Oh yeah, like, Definitely, and Eggy, we, I can't hear, I can't, I um, we cannot hear you. I'm not sure. Um, what? Um, if your mic, might be unplugged, or, I'm not sure. In the meantime, shout out to Darth Chaco in the chat, um, who made an amazing point. He said, for, well, in his opinion, he said, first himself, next, um, next to Palps, the little Sith Lord that's intentionally pushing Anakin to become a Sith, which I would. Yeah. Yep, we're all good. We're in
3: trouble with this feed. It keeps like dropping me. I'm not sure. Anyway, but uh, do you want me to go now? Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so the question was, what was the factor that led to Anakin's downfall the most? Okay. Um, so I would definitely say himself, (laughs) um, he's, uh, you know, yeah, we can, we can point fingers at the Jedi and Palpatine and I, at Palpatine, most of all, I, I, I don't think the Jedi were bad parents. I, in a way, I just kind of feel like the Jedi were kind of tone deaf parents um you know like I don't know like there's there's aspects where like I'm like really guys like this wasn't a warning sign (laughs) (laughs) like come on guys like I need you to pay attention to your kid here um it's uh but but I don't think they were bad parents I think they were just a little tone deaf Palpatine was definitely the more aggressive more assertive sort of focus um on his uh, on his change in attitude but at the end of the day it's Anakin's decision and I think the biggest factor is the fact that he wanted to have everything. Anakin grew, grew up, you know, subjugated and enslaved. He came into an organization that more or less kind of didn't really offer, I would say stripped him of his identity, but he didn't have an identity when he got there. <laughs> like they just didn't really offer him one. And I feel like his marriage to Padme was very much so um, an assertion of an identity. Um, And this, this very kind of assertive sort of stance, like, no, I'm going to have a life. I that's, that's it. Period. End of, end of sentence, you know, end of, there's no argument to be had here, but he also still wanted to be this great Jedi warrior. So Anakin wanted to have everything. And When one thing threatened to sort of slip through his fingers, he took, you know, he, what's the word I'm looking for? He um, kept, struggled to keep his hands on it at any cost. And it ended up destroying him. And it ended up destroying the Jedi and everything around him. These sort of Anakin Skywalker's actions and his decisions have very cataclysmic events, you know, and just, yeah, or cataclysmic effects around everything around him and i will say that i hope everybody has their copy of the king james bible uh, <laughs> 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 ready in hand uh i i always say um oh can you guys hear me
4: yeah i can hear you yes oh,
3: okay sorry everyone cut off for a second um yes right like i call this this is the great american novel um this is the bible this is the greatest book ever written (laughs) i'm very certain matthew stover's revenge of the sith novelization will change your life uh if there's anybody who hasn't read it yet i it will it will change everything about the film the revenge of the sith which i always i found revenge in the middle of the list i love it um, but it's not my in my top three. Um, but this book makes God everything, and you see all the interactions, you see all the conversations that between Palpatine and Anakin that we don't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read it twice, and I'll man, I'll read it many more times. So uh, <sighs> if anyone ever wants to have more of a sort of elaborate kind of sort of see to see the road that leads to the to, to destruction um i highly recommend that you pick this one up it's it's the best novelization it's it's my favorite star wars book it's not technically yeah. canon anymore because there's no mention of ahsoka but like i mean it doesn't who cares like it's a good book's a good book i, I don't really care about what's canon what's not mm-hmm. yeah
2: let's just make it canon already come on
3: yeah ahsoka is just like she already left it's fine yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah
4: i feel like uh i feel like everyone hit pretty really good points there with the factors and let's i'm gonna transition in how go more into palpatine and kind of his like his descriptions of the jedi and the sith and how does that like personally like affect his worldview uh i'm gonna ask Zelly first i feel like she hasn't gone first in a while so because I know you brought it up earlier, so how do you, like, interpret, like, Palpatine's kind of, like, descriptions of the Jedi and the Sith?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I have a lot to say in this, because, um, nothing's really come into mind. It hasn't been a big focus in my mindset, but, um, obviously he has a lot more of a fluid description about the dark side in his the conversation that comes to mind in The Revenge of the Sith. Uh, like oh you know there's other things you can experience in the dark side like saving the ones you love right and then showing what you guys described I don't know if it's Revenge of Sith but describing um showing him the, the dark depths of Coruscant being like look with the Jedi's living on top of right so kind mm-hmm. of showing um and honestly uh Palpatine doesn't have to describe this, the Jedi for Anakin to see the flaws in the system um So I I can't, I'm not pinpointing a specific scene, but otherwise uh, it basically makes Anakin curious. Like, oh, this dark side has some curiosity to it. And if Palpatine, this man that has been my trusted mentor or like father figure and um, always seems to care about me, he wouldn't, you know, lead me astray. Like clearly there's something I should be curious about right? And the Jedi aren't going to tell me because they're very like, this is the way, right? Um, yeah. So I just think it kind of sparks some curiosity in Anakin's natural like hunger for power. Like there's no doubt that's always been something he craves which also prevented him from being just wanting more. Like, It's perfectly natural to want that, but he does everything extra. So Palpatine just feeds off of that.
0: Yeah. It's like the perfect combination of everything that just it just made so easy for Palpatine to kind of take over. Um, Aiki?
3: Yeah, it it's it it coming off like kind of building on what Zell said, it's this feeling of it kind of reminds me of um And any kind of story, whether, I mean, Harry Potter comes to mind first and foremost, but like in any kind of setting of dark, where dark academia is involved, the idea of like going into a library and it's like, oh, this is the restricted section. Like you can't, you can't go down there. Like you can't, you can read all these books, just not any books in this area. It, what does that do? Like, I want to read the books in that area. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's, it instills in you like, well, why? why can't I I can handle it like so this idea that that tell that Palpatine is kind of tantalizingly hanging this you know this carrot in front of Anakin sort of saying like oh the Jedi never told you about all of the super cool dark side stuff that I have infinite knowledge of but don't do, don't think too hard about that like it's fine I just read a lot like it's you know, no sus no sus you know it it's this um it opens up this world to Anakin where he's like, well, why didn't they tell me this? How come I, I haven't learned this? Well, where did you learn this? And he's like, oh, you can't. he's like, how can I learn this? Well, not from a Jedi. You know, it's this <laughs> this factor that's sort of thrown in, you know, where, where he this, this in, in kind of inherent curiosity that he has. And I am a dark side representative. Palpatine does not represent the dark side. <laughs> no, no, it's, I, I, I am very much so of the mind that like the dark side's not inherently bad. It's just not as fun or as happy as the light side. It's like, I always say the dark side is like death. The light side is like life. Death's not fun. It's not a party, but you need it to have balance. You have yeah. to have a balance of darkness and light, and life and death, for there to be balance. Whether you know, you know, light. The life and death, you know, analogy works towards nature. You want nature to be in balance. People, things got to die. Things got to be born. Yeah. So, um, I am a dark side representative. I always say the Sith and the Jedi are institutions made by people, so they are flawed. Um, I'm not saying that the Sith are better than the Jedi. They're not. They're d- even they're so stupid. They said they're idiots. They're so stupid. Um, they're just like, you guys are just morons. Like, Palpatine really, this whole plan was so you could be president of space for twenty years. Like, you're a dumbass. Like, you're just so silly. Um, but uh, he does offer. It's that. It's that carrot aspect. It's that withholding knowledge. You know, giving a little bit but withholding it. That sort of inspires Anakin to kind of take that extra step towards the darkness and uh, go too far. As, yeah, for sure.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
4: I think you had an interesting point of like the dark side of like it's not inherently evil; it's just who like kind of possesses it. I think that's I've I've never heard that type of argument before. So that's that's really an interesting look on the light side of the dark and that kind of nature and how kind it kind of it can, it can like pick at Anakin and like. And kind of like intrigue him because he already has those kind of like crumbles so yeah that's that's a really interesting point uh luke what is your uh take on this
2: palpatine is just the the he's probably the most manipulative character in all of cinema he just knows how to pluck the strings and just get at the kid he knows exactly what to do he can do it and anakin's worldview i mean if you look at mortis like eggy was saying it's like yin and yang you can't have one without the other mortis you when you kill the sister all hell breaks loose it's unbalanced you can't have one without the other and he is the middle. He's not the Bendu. He's the middle. he's the chosen one. He's the one that is supposed to be able to control both sides, which he ultimately does. Um, so I, I like like Zell said, he's already got a a view of the Jedi and how flawed they are. It's really not that hard for Palpatine to do uh, hey buddy, it's I got I know what I know what you need and I know what you want. Come over here. I can give you everything you want. And he falls for it because he, like we said, the number one thing is he cares and he wants to keep everyone safe and he wants to save everybody. And Palpatine is willing to manipulate that and bring him in and make it happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Papa Palps, man. Papa Palps. Papa Palps who then eventually lies and we ca- kind of transitioning. Those were all amazing points. Um, I, I think, which is, which is why I'm glad that kind of talked about what each of you guys thought was the big um, factor. When um, it was, Aggie said palps, Luke, you said himself and Zelly, you said the order. Well, kind of – I think those would probably be your main three big things. And another huge one that no one kind of brought up would be Obi-Wan. And obviously just kind of their relationship is – I guess maybe not – maybe obi Wan's not a huge factor on why he fell, but he's still a giant thing in Anakin's life. And then they have this duel, which – Obi-Wan leaves Anakin alive. And how do you guys think that that choice to leave him alive? Obviously it had to have happened for the plot to make sense. How do you think that choice affects Anakin um, and how we see Vader? Cause I, I think we kind of transitioning to call Anakin Vader. If ever like, right. Yeah, would you all agree with that, That the kind of transition to say, how does this affect Vader, like, how does this event keeping him alive affect the Vader that we see in the original trilogy and the Vader that we see in Rebels? Um, let's start with Eggy.
3: Sure. I, that's, a, that's a hard question. I, I've always sort of struggle kind of like because before i criticize obi-wan for anything i'm kind of i put myself in his shoes i'm like what would i do um you know because i think what obi-wan should have done like or i think what what in a perfect situation what perfect situation it's a horrible situation but like he should have killed anakin like he should have just been like "Eh, okay like you're crazy Um, okay. Bye. Like, just like it there, he really should have quote unquote, finished the job. Um, but I, I hesitate to criticize him because I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know, I don't know, maybe there was this pearl of hope that like, you know, maybe everything will turn out all right, which like, I guess it does in a way, but not without some devastating, you know, years ahead. But, um, there is this I I hesitate yeah I hesitate to to um criticize Obi-Wan for that because I don't know what I would have done but with the idea of him being left alive quote unquote alive you know it it definitely leads to it lends itself to the tragedy of Darth Vader and his existence because you know through the books and stuff and other other forms of media you learn about how like horrible and and painful Darth Vader's existence is and about how like the suit just breathes for him like it doesn't he's not breathing like it 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 just there's an amazing passage and I can't remember what book it's in it's in one of the books I don't know if it's in
2: I don't I don't know I don't know if it's are in, you talking about Lords of the Sith when he's turns off his uh vape uh his uh his ab- ability to breathe yeah. when he's in space and then he turns it back on to, to I have intimidate. It.
3: I know I haven't read that one, you know, but Ooh. like, but yeah, like it's, it's, I think it might've been in maybe Thrawn alliances or something. Like he, he talks about like how, like the suit just breathes for him and it's painful. It doesn't, it's not, it's not intentional. It's not in a, in a weird way. It's not like even this, in this consenting way, it's just, it just does it for him and it's painful and it's awful. And his whole existence is pain, that's it, and how that kind of lends itself to his extra lends itself to, to his very, very um entrenched cruelty, and just how horrible and cruel and cold he is as a Sith. I hesitate to even say person, um, so. His physical, the physical state Obi Wan leaves him, and definitely lends in, lends itself to the brutality of his uh, identity as Darth Vader for sure. But yeah, I can't. I don't know if I can harp on Obi Wan too much because <laughs> I don't know what I do.
4: Yeah. Did I miss
1: a to- Yeah. Um, made me think of some things when you guys were talking, um, but so on one hand about obi-wan i was recently re some clone wars episodes but we see obi-wan oftentimes hesitate to just straight up murder somebody like i'm thinking about the sateen mandalore episode where there's a guy right now i'm going to push a button and kill everyone he threatened i mean he was stuck frozen because he didn't want to upset the but it also goes against what he believes and then anakin comes in no problem easy done right <laughs> um so not only is this against what he believes straight up murdering somebody that he clearly got an advantage of but this is somebody he truly loves and cares about on top of yeah that little beat of hope like you said a little bit of potentially hope and maybe also in the back of his mind Qui-Gon's original thing of the chosen one maybe an inkling of him potentially believe that that could still be a chance that he can be the chosen one he he was even screaming at you were the chosen one i think you know that was just in the way back i think ultimately his choice right then was i can't kill somebody essentially in cold blood like your chopped legs i can't straight kill up somebody that i care so much about and that was a human flaw and that was very real and i think very true like he wasn't a jedi there he was just a person against another person he loves. So that's on Obi-Wan's choice. And then choice to leave Anakin alive, create the favor we see. Uh, I think it kind of ties into the next question for in Rebels. Um, Anakin always, you know, as Anakin, he had little inklings of Vader come out, right? In his anger. And you heard the music in the movies and the show, they played the Vader music. So I always viewed him as Anakin. Like, I had a really hard time after watching The Clone Wars and Into Rebels not being like, oh, Anakin, no. (laughs) That was just me. I had a hard time not seeing Anakin because ultimately that is who he is. And I like your analogy. You're like, he has a heart that's been poisoned. And right then the poison has consumed him so much, but his heart is still beating, trying, um, even though maybe mechanically he still has that heart in there. And he has moments where Anakin comes out in the parts where he, you know, is feeling again and he pushes past that pain. Um, so I think it plays off that Anakin, I mean, obviously Obi-Wan leaving him live was just a very real thing. And that may have sparked some sort of care still and not just hatred for Obi-Wan like in the back of your head you'll always think what if and and does he care about me and you'll have that question spawning and i'm sure with all that time that's gone by vader anakin was thinking the potential that obi-wan did care he just kind of maimed him but he was still left alive so it's a complicated question for sure um but again, it plays out in the prophecy. Ties in with Qui Gon and his beliefs in the prophecy, and Obi Wan's connection and Anakin's connection to him. Um,
0: yeah, 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 for sure, definitely, and Luke. So, you look like you're uh, boiling something good. Okay,
2: so Obi Wan's choice to leave Anakin. Now, I don't think it was necessarily a choice. I think he truly thought he had finished the deal after he started on fire. I think Obi Wan was more or less, I mean, I did what I was supposed to do. And then now in Kenobi, we're gonna see him find out that he had failed. And because uh, honestly, they really don't know if Anakin is alive or not. It's never really you assume they know, but it's never really put into words or reactions that he's alive. The last thing Obi-Wan knows is that he's he's dead. He's burnt. He's a burnt Chris. No way anybody survived that. So I don't really blame Obi-Wan because ultimately Anakin put himself in this position it all comes back to him making the wrong decisions but also trying to save people we i'm a broken record we keep talking about it he just has that he cares so much that that is his downfall and and the vader we see in the darth vader comic the where you see his hatred and and in lords of the sith it it, it has a really good uh Passage where it describes uh, Vader as like him putting on the the helmet, going on him, and the rods going into his head, and all he can think of is Obi Wan, the, the 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 Jedi, uh, Padme's death, and you just see that 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 emotion and what that that what that does the suit wise that Aggie was talking about it fuels his hatred, it makes him more powerful. And that's that's the most interesting thing to me. Now, to the second part of are they two separate beings? I don't think they are. I think it's a Harvey Dent two face. He has multiple split personalities there's There's Vader where, like Zell was saying we see we see bits and pieces of Vader in him in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That's that's Anakin. That's not another person. That's Anakin. Deep down in his court, that is who he is. So people say, oh, they're two separate people on not really. If you look at it who's Anakin and Anakin is Vader. It they are the they are one person. And I it, I could go for hours on that whole topic, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't blame Obi Wan, and and I I think Anakin is Anakin, and Vader is is just another piece of his personality.
0: You make a great point. Like, I mean, no one knew he survived. Ahsoka in Rebels passes out whenever she finds out that Vader Vader's alive. She obviously thought he was that Vader was Anakin. She obviously thought. He was dead.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And Obi-Wan also realized that, and we're probably going to see that in obi Wan's show, which we're going to talk about later.
1: Which makes me think, if he did think that, is it rude that he left him suffering and torturing and not just killing him instantly? Like, was that his flaw that he didn't, he's like, oh, I don't want to kill you, I'll just let it happen, or... Yeah, that's a potential. I'm like, that seems, that comes off a little darker if that was his choice.
2: But he's also doing the Jedi way of not killing. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah. he yeah. was he was doing the correct thing as a Jedi. He didn't, He A, he didn't want to kill his brother. He knew that the inevitable was going to happen anyways because he was going to start on fire. And he didn't want to have the burden of killing his brother.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: You guys briefly talked about it, but uh, I-, I wanted to get Eggie's thought on how you view Vader and Anakin as the two separate beings. Because I know Cell talked about it, I know Luke talked about it, so I want to kind of get your thoughts on that.
2: Oh crap, we lost her again.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we cannot hear her. Hold on, she's going to try something yeah until then um we have star wars scholar in the chat also thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for joining aiden the legend um scholar says um saying they're two separate people is a coping mechanism obi-wan says it to cope with how anna can change so drastically and he also says saying they're two separate people removes anakin responsibility for his own actions that's a great comment um Eggy. Sorry. I,
3: what, I think what I'm, I'm going to do from now on is every time it's my turn to talk, I'm going to go out and then come back in. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> that's just going to be easier because um, I'm just not sure what's going on with it. So I'm sorry for the for the hold up on my end. Um, oh, no, but yeah, I, I, Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but so, yeah, my, my whole thing about it is that I agree with you guys. I they are one person. I really partic- in particularly don't like the separation of them because I feel like if you separate Vader and Anakin, it takes responsibility out of Anakin's hands. Um, it makes it seem like, oh, no, no, like that's Vader. That's not Anakin. It's like, okay, <laughs> no, 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 that's not how this works. That's not how accountability works. Mm-hmm. Um you know it's the same thing i feel about like kylo ren and ben solo you know i was like i love that character like you know but like he made a mistake you know he made many mistakes so um that's one person ben solo and kylo ren are one entity it's just like luke said and like Zel said it's just different it's a, it's a different part of himself it's a different it's still him but it's a different aspect of himself kind of um I will say one of the things I always had difficulty with and I, is, is sort of how um, cruel Darth Vader is because it's so far from the Anakin Skywalker that we know. So seeing his cruelty contextualized with the understanding that the suit that he is in, like Palpatine specifically made this suit to keep him in pain and to keep him angry. Um, so... That Having that context, having uh, sort of the context of his memories of the Jedi, his memories of Padme's death, of Obi-Wan's quote-unquote betrayal, is very, very helpful in the books and very helpful in the comics and stuff, too. And in the shows with Rebels and his connection to Ahsoka. Um, so that that has helped a lot. But yeah, they are definitely one person.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah. that... Is a great transition to what we're going to be talking about next. Now, there's a pretty big gap between um, *Revenge of the Sith* and *Rebels*, which obviously we have like *Vader 2020*, which I would say you just learn more about how kind of. I mean, the first panel is literally Palpatine electrocuting Vader right after he screams "No," which is like very, very brutal. But we see this huge gap, and um, we kind of see ah- ah- Ahsoka realize, which which we briefly touched on earlier. We um, that she realizes, oh crap, Anakin's Vader, and they spoiler if you haven't seen Rebels, but they duel, and there's a lot. That kind of happens in that duel, and wh- why? Do, why do you think? Because because Ahsoka fails. Ahsoka says she wants to bring back her master, and and she fails. Um, why? Why do you? Th- why do you guys think it fails? Because, I mean, she she had him on the ropes. She chipped his mask. She had Anakin back for like a split second, and it hurts because you're like. Anakin, you're there. I hear your voice. Just come back. But she, but he doesn't, and he's so close. And why do why do you guys think that that attempt to bring Anakin back fails? Let's go. Uh, let's go, Luke first.
2: So it fails. I just to be shortened to the point. I guess it fails because it doesn't fit the the story unfortunately um we all think that ahsoka is able to bring him back but we all since we've seen the story play out we know that's not the case the only person that can bring anakin back is luke it, it, that's the only person that can redeem him or redeem his character as much as we've built that relationship between ahsoka and anakin up it it's it's just not that's why it fails because he he tries to turn her. He she ends up destroying him, uh, taking a bit of his mask, and it, it, it's a it, it pulls on the heartstrings definitely for Clone Wars uh, watchers. Um, but I mean, the main reason it fails is because Luke's the only one that can save him.
4: Yeah, you gotta hit the nail on the head there because because. Uh, Again, like uh, I remember, I remember wherever there was an interview with Filoni where he talks about this exact thing, and he was like, "It could only be his family, like his that could bring him to that point." Yes, it's is very close to Anakin, but it, it needed it needed to be a new hope for him, like kind of like that kind of like his own son or his own daughter that he needed that. So I feel like it's a good transition to ask Eggy, what what are your thoughts on this.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Zelly, <laughs> you, um, you you go. That, that why don't you go?
1: <laughs> I think she was going to come back because she says. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: she did say that. You know? So
1: if I talk, she's going to mute. So we'll just.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we can shout some people out in the chat.
0: that'll just
3: be my, my method. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the, I agree with Lou completely. The reason why, um, Ahsoka fails is because she has to, (laughs) she, she has to fail for the story to work. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I guess if we want to put, you know, the, you know, another element on there, the fact that like everyone else fails too, you know, like, Padme couldn't couldn't keep him anchored there. Obi-Wan couldn't keep him anchored there. So it makes sense that Ahsoka also wouldn't be able to sort of bring him back. I, I think that um the, the weight of like like I always I always talk about how Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um and how like every time Luke brings Vader, brings Anakin, you know, back, it always makes me cry. Vader's death always makes me cry um, and I think that really is a testament to the power that Luke and to the, and in that extension Leia have on their father you know like I think that that's, that's the job especially if we're looking at this if you really want to pull back and start pulling it apart and looking at it strictly from a story structure perspective that's you know if we're doing a father son narrative of you know the father of the son saving the father like it's, it is the son's job you know like that's the son's job to bring the father back you know like and I think that um it's the save the the redemption of Anakin Skywalker is reserved for his children um and but if anyone else was able to do it it would have been Ahsoka since she is like a surrogate daughter surrogate younger Mm -hmm. sister you know but uh but yeah I agree I agree with Luke you know it's it fails because she fails because she has to you know I mean can you imagine if she like did like save him (laughs) that would be wild though that's like and that's the best that's the amazing thing about um about tragedies is that we 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 like we so ahsoka starts fighting and starts fighting vader and she's like oh i'm gonna save him you know and we are in the position where we know she isn't like we know she's not gonna save anakin skywalker But we still hope, you know, there's still that hope, you know, we, we, we reread and rewatch tragedies because there's that little pearl in us that's like, well, maybe this time it'll end different, you know, maybe the Titanic won't sink, you know, maybe Anakin won't turn to the dark side, like maybe, you know. You know, Romeo and Juliet will run away together. Like it's like there's that's the that's the power of tragedies. So it doesn't take away from the power of that scene between Ahsoka and Anakin. It it's it's if anything, it makes it more powerful in my opinion. But yeah, yeah.
0: It's like last night I was watching Jedi Knight again. It's like maybe this time Kanan won't die.
5: (laughs) Spoiler:
0: he he's he's still dead.
3: Yeah,
0: and it was sad i was crying
3: and then i was
1: sad <laughs>
0: <sighs> excelly
1: <laughs> way to remind me of my depression um that one hit me i was like depressed for three days like of all the star wars i don't know what it was maybe time in my life or something but anyways um i i think of the fourth movie a new Hope. Oh, ahsoka is a reminder of the past They grew up in the same Jedi Order, and while she left the Order, it reminds him of that semi-betrayal of feeling abandoned. It wasn't just the Order he left. It was leaving Anakin. But also, she still reminded him of the Jedi Order, the Order that he grew up in, the one that hurt him. And as much as he cared for her, it also reminded him of the hatred. So it wasn't enough to distract him Because he reminded him of Obi-Wan, reminded him of um, the Jedi Order and those times, those memories that had so much pain and suffering. Even, I don't think his love and care for her superseded enough to counterbalance that. Um, Whereas Luke, while being the son, and again, of course, the story, it, it kind of fits a new hope. He represents something new. He is creating a new Jedi Order. He is showing the strength like he's counteract he's coming against palpatine and being like nah i'm not going to join you right like he has some confusing moments but ultimately he stays strong and true to himself and so anakin sees a glimpse of like this is a part of me this is a son and if he has a strength i can too like and so it's a seeing again a part of himself in that but also seeing a new jedi order and what it can be and that it doesn't represent this reality what he saw but it can the light can be controlled in that way so i kind of see it in that way i don't know how to end that but yeah so i kind of no, that... thought it's a, a little differently to why ahsoka wouldn't do it yes if it it's the story but also that dynamic that it kind of fits that he represents something new and it's, it's a part of himself literally and that he can achieve that
2: oh yeah that that's i've never thought about it that way and that's that's all om- that's amazing yeah yeah, you just had... want
0: to go. Um, Do you have anything else to touch on?
2: No, no. Uh, that that was perfect.
0: Yeah, that was really. Not, I've never really thought about that way either. But, um, I'm still thinking about Kanan's death. But, <laughs> um, yeah, kind of after that, it's it's just. Vader I mean like when me and hearth were doing our our outline for this episode we were just kind of like during the a new hope and kind of Rogue one era Vader is just kind of Vader and there's there's not a whole lot to it he, he's he's bad he's there's no Anakin really left in him at that point he is just the big he's the bad when he enters the room you know he's there and so that's kind of our next question is um how do you think vader this again we'll just refer to him as vader how do you think he symbolizes the empire because he is the face of the empire and so Kind of ask you guys, like, how do you think his presence and demeanor just kind of shows the, shows how the empire rules? I guess you could say. Um, let's go with, let's just go with Luke first, since Xelly dropped out, and then we'll go to Eggy next, and then Xelly.
2: So what he represents of the empire is an interesting point because a lot of the the a lot of the can eat in the books the novels um there's a lot of mysterious m- uh, mystery around vader why he pops up who is he nobody really understands who he is except for the one person that if if i could give my favorite villain in star wars besides palpatine and and vader would be Tarkin, because he is the one person that puts that that has put the pieces together he knows who vader is and uh, which is very, which is very dangerous uh, information at, at that time, because everybody thought that the Jedi and Anakin Skywalker had died. And and where did this mysterious guy come from? He was he was a mixture of General Grievous and and uh, a, a fallen Jedi or something. There were there were rumors. What he brings is the power and the menace of the Empire. When Vader shows up in Rebels, in any novels, you know what's going down. You know there's trouble. You know he is going to take care of business. He doesn't screw around. He gets to the point. He, he knows. I mean, in the first episode of, uh, of, of Season 2, he manipulates uh, Kanan and Ezra and the Rebels in general to doing what he wants. He knows what they're going to do. He's five steps ahead of, of the rebels. It's just stuff like that. It, he is the embodiment of what the Empire wants to show. They want to show fear. They want to show strength. That that's who Vader is. He is he is the embodiment of the Empire. Um and I mean just the and, and when the rebels talk about Vader, they're like, he's an ominous presence. He's he's not even he, he's not a person. He's a machine and He's a killing machine, which he was at the end of Rogue One. And I mean, and, and it's also a, a perspective from the, the Imperial officers. They're like very, um, like very scared of him and they don't respect him, which is weird because they're like, I can't remember what book it is, but one of the lieutenants is like, where did he even come from? Like the ominous, the ominous of, of Vader is like, it, it, it's, it's amazing. But like that that's the empire. That's the strength. That's that's everything. Their power. He embodies it.
0: Yeah. Fear. Um he is yeah. And you, you said it best. When he enters the room, you know crap's about to go down because he's Vader. Oh yeah. And Eggie, if you wanna um Anything you have to add? Uh oh, she's gonna come out and then come back. Yeah, and then she'll come back in. But yeah, um, son, son of sons in the chat says it best. Um, strength and he represents strength and fear with without a doubt. I mean, he's there's no one else in cinema history when when you hear the. Go down, and you know it's good for you. So, Eggie,
3: I think, uh, because you said that Tarkin is the only person who knows who Vader is, but I do think that Thrawn knows who Vader is. Oh, um, yeah,
2: I forgot about Thrawn, yeah,
3: yeah, because yeah, in Thrawn Alliances, which is my one of my favorites ever, is just like. <laughs> it's so fucking funny because he's just standing next to Vader because it's for anyone who doesn't know it's cut in half you have Thrawn and Anakin's adventure on Jakku uh, interspaced with like the present day of the story which is Thrawn and Vader going back to Jakku and Thrawn just keeps being like I've been to Jakku a long time ago
2: with this guy named and Anakin just, Skywalker yeah, and he just <laughs> keeps
3: looking at Vader he's like have <laughs> you ever been here and Vader's like no and he's like are you sure? Are you sure? I feel like you've been here <laughs> before. And it's just like, it literally, I keep on wanting to make a TikTok with the John Mullaney audio of like, let's change the subject. <laughs> like, like, just Fair like, we believe stop talking about this. So I do think Thrawn knows, but, um, but Tarkin as well. Yeah, Tarkin and Thrawn, I think are the only two people outside of Palpatine who know, ex- who really, who Vader is. But um, yeah, like, like yeah, like Luke said, Vader's, Vader's um, presence in in the empire is that of an unstoppable machine he represents the the brutality and the relentless um pursuit of power uh that the empire stands for um he, this guy shows he's he's like the terminator he's like you cannot stop him um he comes into a place and it vader has never walked out of a con- like a confrontation with people alive he he vader is not a is not a negotiator vader is a this is what's happening and you can either say yes or i will kill you like that's all this is and this and he's so he is definitely the iron the iron fist the brutality of the umpire for sure
2: vader's fist
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah, Vader is, like we said, he's the big bad or not the big bad, but he is—he's big and he's bad, and you know, crap's about to go down. So, Harith, do you have anything to um touch on before we kind of move along? Because I think Xelly said she'll be back in a few, so yeah. um, no worries there. Uh, um, nothing. to kind of move on.
4: Really, uh, I'm currently reading through Throne Alliances, so. Yeah, that, that was a really good catch because I really like the secretive nature of the Empire and how they really don't tend to reveal anything with Vader. It's kind of like a well hidden secret that Anakin Vader are the same person, even though they have the same legion. <laughs> I always just find that so yep. odd. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd think someone would be like, huh, 501st, 501st. That's kind of weird. But anyway, I just, I really do love Thrawn Alliances as like a, a book because it's just, it highlights everything the Empire is during that point in time in the galaxy is... So, yeah, it just, Vader's presence is absolutely felt during this era. He's just he's just kind of like the boogeyman rumor. He's just, he's just going around murking people <laughs> in the galaxy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my much. thoughts on that. Carter, do you have any thoughts on that? No, no, I um, already kind of expressed uh, my, my thoughts on that. Um, and I think that would be a good kind of segue into the next thing we're gonna be talking about, which is Empire. And we we go from seeing, especially in the original trilogy, this Vader, this kind of soulless thing, mis- more machine than man. And then and then Luke comes along, and Vader's like, "Huh, M- my son, the he's." The only thing, well, at least that he thinks at that time, the only thing that's left of his family and of Padme. And Vader then obviously tries to confront Luke to join him. I'm sh- sure everyone has seen that. Mm-hmm. And he fails. And, and that hurts him. That hur- Like, that hurts deep inside that, okay, he failed. He failed with Padme. He, he failed his mother, and now his son, who is his only family is, is now not with him. And as Luke, Luke would rather fall to his death than join his father. And I think that, that really hits Anakin hard, and I kind of want your guys' thoughts on that. So let's start with Eggie first. I think she's going to drop out, right? And then join back in. Mm-hmm. Um until then we can shout some people out. We have J Space0047 in the chat. What's going on? Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, Scholar says Thrawn figures it out and is just like, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And
3: I mean, Vader, I mean, like you said, like it's that it is that incredible tragedy of Luke would rather die than. Join the dark side and it's it's yet another kind of and when he falls and vader for i think vader very very very, quickly vader does very quickly realize that luke survived but there is that initial like just (laughs) god damn it like this 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 desperation (laughs) and this overwhelming sadness that fills vader he's like everyone leaves me like or no one will will meet me where i am in a way which is his own fault um and is selfish but it's kind of like when when (laughs) like vader's like no one will like join me and it's like maybe you're the problem like (laughs) maybe you're the problem anakin (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um but it is it's just overwhelmingly tragic it breaks your heart um and yeah i mean that's really all i i can say on it it's just it just—you see that. I mean, you see the tragedy and the sadness in Vader's body language when Luke's like, "No," because Luke has the strength to say, "No, I won't do it. I won't make the same mistakes you did." And I think Vader sees that and knows that, and that adds to the pain.
0: Luke, Fiona,
2: you're good to go. So, uh. This is interesting because, and he, the 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 moment he realizes Luke is his son, it's actually in the Star Wars comic in 2015. It's revealed to him by Boba Fett of all bounty hunters. It's Boba freaking Fett, and so now. He gets the he's I, and he might be the next person that kind of puts two and two together um about the heritage there. But when Vader finds out, he has that one thing I it, Pad. That's when the, limmer, the the slimmer of light that Luke says in Return of the Jedi is there and that Padme felt was there comes back. And it shines a little bit brighter. And, and his one thing is, I want my son back. I want my son. And especially in this last run of the comics, he... Remember when I said that he wouldn't go back to Tatooine? He went back to Tatooine to figure out wh- who held Luke from him. And there's that, that whole arc is just amazing. Um, but seeing... How he has failed, like you said, Luke decides to go. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna. There, there's no way I'm gonna join you. Like that's, that's crazy. It's almost like Anakin admires that because he he sees that he would do anything for his friends, and that's the that's the value that Anakin had when he was himself, and. It's so poetic in a way that that Anakin is just like, all right, well, I couldn't I couldn't save Padme. I couldn't save my mom and I can't save my son. I guess I'm the problem now. Like he finally realizes that he's the issue. And so when Luke falls. He has that kind of dyad moment the kind of thing that Ray and, and Ben have, they can see and kind of hear each other. He reaches out with that familial connection and really builds what I think, and, and when when he falls, and, and Vader's still Vader, he's still bad, he's still this, but there is still light. However small, it is there. But, I mean, and, and we'll get into Jedi, which is the end of the great story, but we got to hear what zelly has got.
0: Of course. Very interested to hear what she says. Welcome back. We are um, obviously just talking about Vader and and Luke in Empire Strikes Back. And how do you think the attempt to bring Luke to the dark side affected Vader?
1: Yeah. um, I think at this point, Luke was going so much... No, sorry, not Luke. Vader was going so much off of like kind of what he is being controlled by it. Mechanical, going with the flow. All of my life has been put into the dark side and following Palpatine's order. So part of him's just like numb and closing off any sort of life in him, right? It's just like dead. So he's just, it's another attempt of like doing Palpatine's bidding and a little bit of Palpatine. Toying with the manipulation of exp- sharing all of a sudden, like, you're I'm your father, right? Um, and I, I don't know if he really has too much emotion before then to me, like, from I know I've only seen them a few times, so this is just like a little inkling thought to it, but uh, you know, and then maybe seeing Luke just freaking out, like, no, like, kind of like a wait, why is that a bad thing? Like, and then kind of like flashbacking into like, oh, I guess I have like part of me, like the reality of dad is like taking me back. Like, you know, I'm kind of a crappy person or like I am doing terrible things, you know, kind of having like a realization moment, like you said about um, seeing his son being like, no. and, And then ultimately falling rather than joining him like all, the, all that moment, I feel like it's a very complex emotions that Vader slash Anakin is going through. And I think that's kind of a good punch into the first kind of draw Ana- bringing Anakin out from this really hard shell that's been like so closed into this um, armor until like, and now I think that kind of snapped him out of it. That it's like, he is my son and he's not being interested in the dark side like I was, and he's a part of me and he's resisting it but he's also resisting me like is there some way i can reclaim a part of myself that's closer to him sort of thing so um i think it definitely attempted effective vader in a big way um that he had that whole moment of trying to reach out to him he's like nope i'm just gonna give up because that's not what this is about and you being my dad is a big shock. And I don't know if, I don't know if part of me believes that Luke really thought he was going to die or if part of the Force was trusting like he would have some sort of escape or something. I, I don't know much beyond that, but yeah. That's kind of my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, and like you guys said, it's kind of Vader's point where he's just like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm the problem here. <laughs> it's like you have a bunch of exes and like, keep getting broken up with the same exact thing. You're like, you know what? Maybe actually, maybe, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> and then I think that's a good transition to Return of the Jedi. And it's in the title. He comes back. But for, before we start ex- exactly talking about uh, Vader's triumphant return, what do you guys think about Obi-Wan and Yoda's view of Vader on Return of the Jedi? Because I, I do think it's really interesting, especially compared to kind of Luke's mindset. Like, because I mean the those two and Luke have very, very, very differing mindsets. And what, what do you um what do you guys think about Obi Wan and Yoda's view of Vader in Return of the Jedi? Let's start with Exeli.
1: Um, this will be kind of a hard question for me. Um, I feel like you know, they've kind of lost a lot of hope, which is kind of the basis of Star Wars, right? Hope, 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 which is good. It's a good premise and a great storytelling. Um, and yeah, it's they still have that where they, and a part of it's coming from their sense of guilt and shame and disappointment in themselves for not doing a better job. I, like, of course, they're going to have some self-reflection on this. Like, they could have did better and they kind of, you know, and and sad that in mourning that this Vader and, you know, they probably didn't feel like Anakin was still in there, you know. I, I, again, I think that's part of the flaw of the order of which they lived in their life. Time it, they kind of ended was that such a strict mindset, um, and being stuck in that thought because we know what how damaging it can be to be very closed minded or feeling trapped in that in that mindset. And so I think they got trapped in that mindset of Vader and feeling no hope that Anakin will return. And um, yeah. And I, you know, again, I I think it's very realistic. We obviously know people in our lives that get stuck in a certain mindset and not believing in hope. I, I'm someone that always believes there's hope, even though it's painful and probably not realistic. And then there's the realist who are like, no, it's it's not going to happen again. Um, it's too late. Uh, so but I think it just it's a good reflection for who Luke is, who is like this fresh new face and somebody that's full of hope, full of life. Um full of like that, you know, the best parts of Anakin and Padme together. Um strong-willed and confident, um but caring so much, but controlled caring like Padme had. Um So it's a good, I think they were there to kind of have a as a balance to Luke's ideal of his father which he didn't really know yet it was just the thought of him so yeah
0: yeah yeah for sure um and luke if you wanna so the view
2: of vader for luke and obi-wan and yoda is a fascinating thing because there is a line that will be brought up in the in the last part of our conversation tonight in the Kenobi series. I will I will bring this up later, but there is a there is a line in there um that kind of contradicts Yoda, Obi-wan's thoughts and sayings in the actual movie um, And I mean Yoda, Yoda always saw Anakin as the he didn't really have a have an opinion of him. He just knew that there was something different. And he not only did Yoda fail it, it as a Jedi Grandmaster, he failed the order because he thought he felt like he he was giving too much to the war in general. And we see that in season six when he goes in and does the whole force journey um but luke's 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 view is is very kind of strange to be honest because from uh from empire he finds the Re- uh uh he finds out that he's he's uh, he finds out that he is his father he kind of is like oh my god no way just like the rest of us were. Oh my God, no way! And instead of resenting him for it, he kind of looks at the situation and sees it for what it for what it is, and kind of doesn't want to give up on his father. Whereas Obi Wan and Yoda have have given up on Anakin. He's he's gone. He's more machine than more more machine than man now, twisted and evil. And that's not the way Luke looks at it. Luke looks at it the way, like Zelly said, like Padme did. There's good in him. I can feel it. I know it. And the thing that, and it's funny because when they they battle each other, Luke is more like Anakin than anybody, than, than he's willing to admit, I would think because Anakin knows how to push his buttons because the, they, they have the same buttons So when he lets it lets Anakin in on a personal level on the uh, bridge of the adat um, and they have that conversation, Anakin gets a sense of what Luke is and what he's about what he's hiding when obi-wan is like don't underestimate the power of the emperor and giving in giving to like, the whole screen, uh, the whole scheme of things, saying, "Don't give in to your emotions because you can be nip- manipulated." That's exactly what Vader does in that fight when he brings up Leia, and the fact that he knows that he finds out Leia through Luke's mind is so poetic because it's like he's taking a uh, taking a page out of his master's handbook of manipulation. Let's let's. Let's do. Let me try it once. It's good to be on the other side instead of being the one that's manipulated. But um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I answered it really long, but I mean, the the view is just they, they, they found him too far gone. Whereas Luke was like, I'm not giving up on him. I can't give up on him. If I give up on him, then then it then then we are lost.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good kind of segue to our last question. Harith, if you want to get us started. Um, can anyone else not hear Harith? I can hear him. Okay. I can't. Wait, I, I, hold on. I know what it is. It's on my end. Sorry.
2: Go ahead, Harith.
1: Um, I mean, I think it was a culmination, kind of like we were talking about, about his initial meet with his son and his son denying the dark side in himself. But the final denying in front of Palpatine, like being able to resist in a way, Palpatine, like right in front of him, I felt like he had a proudness in him, a sense of like, it is possible. Like, I think he gave up for a time. Like, I'm so powerful. Like, there's no way anyone can defeat or, you know, say no to darcidius right? Um, so I think that seeing that light essentially kind of playing off, light shine through Luke, the hope, the... The belief and the ultimate like I know I'm about to die here but I'm not going to give in because I know what I believe and I know what I care about and I still believe that my dad is in there. I think that was the, just belief in himself like everyone else had given up to him and reflected that they gave up on him but Luke didn't and Luke barely knew him. If this person, his son can have faith in him and willing to die on that truth that is what Anakin's like that's that's my spark that's that's what I needed to to believe in myself and this person believes so much in me um, and then obviously he's like get rid of this doo head and now they can he can be free so.
0: yeah for sure and let's move on um Aggie, if you want to touch on that i think you did you, you heard the question right um uh, we're just talking about what what kind of is the tipping point for anakin to return
3: to me and Leia represents Anakin like I feel like Luke has a lot of Padme energy and Leia has a lot of um like Anakin like kind of energy and I think that in Luke it's that last like his children in general the last connection he has to his wife and especially in Luke he sees Padme there and that hope and that determination and that resolution and that assertiveness and that And that gentleness, though, too. Like Luke is a very, very soft. He's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite protagonists is that he's he's just so gentle and he's so soft. And and it's this, and you know, he there's the call to the dark, and he completely rejects it. And He's like, no, I'm not going to join the dark side. I'm not going to join you. And there's this, there's just this. Luke kind of represents this amalgamation of everything good about about Padme about you know about Leia about Anakin himself and it's just like he really is this beacon of sort of familiar connection and everything that was good in Anakin's life like he's the exact opposite of Palpatine and Vader's like no like you're not gonna you're not gonna kill him like you can kill me like I'll die like it's fine like but like this he has to he he isn't going anywhere so I think that's definitely what pulls him
4: Carter, you muted. Oh, me?
3: Yeah. Good.
4: Carter, you're muted on your end.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and go. <laughs> yeah, Luke, um, you you can so go on this far. So what brings Anakin back? <laughs> it is Luke. It is seeing the he's he's testing Luke. Throughout Return of the Jedi, he is testing Luke. I truly believe that. I think he's thinking, all right, so this kid has done a lot. He's blown up the Death Star. He's fought me, lost a limb. What else does this kid – what else does he have to bring to the table? And he is shown that this th- – th- he's got it. Luke's got it. He He sees so much of Padme – and of himself and Luke, that that is what brings him back. He he sees Luke do what he couldn't do and let go of his anger, let go of his hate, and be able to look at at, at what the situation is and say, you know what, I'm just gonna not fight. I'm I'm not gonna give in. And he does it so beautifully that that when Vader is sitting there, he's seeing his his son get electrocuted to death. And he's thinking oh, this is the that that's the moment that, that everything flips for him. He that's the final straw. He goes, you know what? I'm 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 tired of this. I've got to protect my family. And that's where the caringness comes back around. And he, and he does the right thing because he is trying to protect the ones that he loves. He ends up destroying Palpatine, which, by the way, he is the Chosen One. I know it's kind of open-ended at, uh, at the end of Twin Sons in Rebels. Maul seems to be talking to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan thinks that it's interpreted that Luke is the Chosen One, which I guess it's open to interpretation. But Anakin has always been the chosen one. He brought balance. He, he he destroyed the Jedi. And then he ultimately brought it back into balance by destroying the Sith and destroying Palpatine. And his character arc from beginning to end is, 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 is beautiful. It might not have been written very well in some of the films but in a lot of the other canon novelizations the 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 other things the other the tv shows everything there it's anakin skywalker's not just a youngling killing psychopath he's a lot more deeper than that and that's one thing i will say that Anna, that anakin skywalker fanboys get the wrong wrong picture of they think that we like him because he kills children and we're we idolize that we don't idolize that we just idolize him being a human being because we can all see the flawness of how much a person can care so much about their others that they're willing to do anything even even cost of their own life to make that happen
0: yeah yeah and, yeah, I mean, you guys said it perfectly um, from beginning to end. And that, I mean, that that is the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. And to kind of close things out, um, we're just going to kind of say, again, just say where you are. Where can we find you? And then what do you expect from Vader? Because it's basically confirmed that we're going to get Vader in the Kenobi show. Um, what do you guys expect um from that but yeah i just um where can we find you um what shows are you on or or whatever um and let's start with um i
1: uh, yeah um should i say my question
0: just do the prediction do prediction then work
1: okay Um, I have, a. I mean, I feel like there's a couple things. Obviously, there's some people who speculate flashbacks. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time feeling like Vader would come to Tatooine. Maybe Obi-Wan would meet him somewhere else. But I feel like if he went there, he would sense Luke, you know, and, you know, it would be kind of poetic for Vader to face his upbringing the thing he hated so much maybe refeed his anger i don't know but i don't know so part of me doesn't think he'll show up there so maybe they'll meet in a different planet or maybe it'll be through flashbacks um i'd be happy with anything i don't have a lot of theories on that i don't theorize too much about things i just get excited for it and then i think afterwards but and then so yeah and then where to find me again Um, a lot of my YouTube, um, YouTube stuff is the star Wars focused stuff. So that's gazelle, like my name stake says. And then if you want to see some live stream chaotic gaming and chatting, and generally star Wars comes up. So there you go. Um, Zell X E L L L E three L's. So that's some live streaming. If you're on Twitch.
0: Awesome. And then Miss Aggie. one second <laughs> our annual miss eggy will leave and then come back and then she'll be up um brando kenobi thank you so much for doing for joining in um have a good dinner and yeah um anyone else in the chat i guess we can just kind of do this now while eggy's gone actually no we'll, we'll wait for her to come back there she goes.
3: Uh, there she is. You guys bearing with my weird system I had to set up here. Um, yeah, uh, so oh, my course. predictions for good. Kenobi. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I uh, I completely agree with Zell. Um, I'm not a big theory person. Um I I just like to be like, ooh, okay, and then just kind of show up on the day and and see what, what we have in store. Um, I I mean I'm hoping for some out of, as weird as this sounds, I mean, I'm hoping for some maybe out-of-the-suit stuff um, because Hayden is, like, getting in shape. Like, I've seen, like, pictures of him, like, getting in shape. Zell's nodding, yeah. Um, he looks incredible, and I think it'd be almost a waste. I mean, if he can get some out-of-suit Vader, you know, slash Anakin, I guess. You know, logic be damned, you know. Put him in the pickle jar, I don't care. Um, like, just kind of have him, as we, if we get to see Hayden again, that would be, I think, extra impactful and really, really fun. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Um, you can find me at—I'm uh, on TikTok mostly at Miss Eggy uh, twenty eight on TikTok. It's mostly Star Wars stuff. I talk about other stuff too. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. And you can follow me at uh, Miss Eggy twenty eight uh, on Twitter as well, if you want. Just like incoherent screaming. And all of my emotions. So that's where I'm at. But this was great, guys. I had an incredible time. Luke and Zell, like, it was so nice meeting you guys officially. It's been, you guys are amazing. And I loved all your viewpoints. So this was really fun, guys.
0: Yeah, it was a blast. And Luke, if you wanna. Okay. Close this out.
2: So this is what's gonna happen. (laughs) <laughs> no, not, not what's going to happen. What I want to happen. I, I have made a TikTok video of this. And I'll be damned if Obi-Wan does not leave Tatooine. Mm. He, and I, I referenced this earlier. In Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. How does that, quote, make sense at the end of Revenge of the Sith when he's, he is gone? The only other explanation is, is that they have fought or have gone toe-to-toe again in between three and four. There's a logistical way that they can do it. I'm fine with it. Like Iggy was saying, you're going to get flashbacks, I think. I think that's a given because you're not going to have Hayden Christensen be all ripped out of his mind and not have swinging swing a lightsaber around. Come on. Um. But the one thing I will specifically say... They are going to clash sabers, and Obi-Wan's going to knock off the helmet, and we're going to see Hayden Christensen as burnt Darth Vader, or Anakin, and, and we're going to see the red eyes, and he's going to say, look what you've done to me, and that's going to make me break down and cry. That is what's going to happen, and I... If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I don't care. <laughs> I I it would just it Disney can make money and that's what would make money. I don't <laughs> care about whether Obi-Wan can leave or not. He can leave if he feels like he is putting Luke in so much danger. He will get off the planet. He's not he doesn't need to stay there. Owen and Beru are more than capable of taking care of Luke. Especially from the Sam people. Come on. If Luke, if Obi-Wan thinks that Luke's going to be in danger, he's getting off the planet. We're going to get his showdown. And hopefully, if I ever do a live stream of that episode, I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to make Star Wars theory look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to be so sad. But, anyways, uh, guys, uh, you can follow me at the Pod of Ones podcast on TikTok uh go check us out on youtube uh the podcast is on uh apple podcasts uh spotify wherever you guys can get your podcasts at um but to Harrison and carter miss eggy zell um it was a pleasure um i would love to have you all on for an arc of the clone wars uh maybe we can make that happen but uh especially to Harrison and carter thanks for uh let me be on and uh this is great
1: yeah thank you yeah, guys course.
0: yeah yep. and here th- um where can we find you i know we say it every week we
4: say it every week uh you can find me on tiktok at hair productions yeah. and on youtube at hair productions my youtube is not that active but i try to get there as much as i can and same for my tiktok but for the most part you can find me there uh yeah this was a great another great episode of podcast
0: uh gotta flip it over to you carter where can we find you so you can find me at car two d two on TikTok, and then this is my main YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically where you can find me. We thank you guys so much for coming. This was a long one. It, it was definitely a long episode, but more than worth it. Was than, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything you guys said was just amazing, and yeah yeah this was this was such a great time I and mean, we thank you guys so much for for coming and being on here and taking up some of your guys's nights to come and talk star wars and then real quick just to finally shout out to people in the chat son of sons we have got brian we got star wars scholar we got brando we got ace bronx uh, Ace Bronx j0047 we got
4: uh Darf Chaco
0: chalk Choc- we got chaco we got a in the legend we got Kieran we got Le- low shadow um we got Core Nepi thank you guys all for joining we will see you guys next week we are trying to plan something to kind of bridge that gap and we'll get there. Because now that Bad Batch is over, we won't be doing, obviously, our Bad Batch reaction because that show is over. So we will think of something else to get that content out. But again, we appreciate everyone for joining. This was a great time. And may the Force be with you. Always.